Yeah, I want people to know that I have dogs. They're gonna know, because they're gonna jump on them. You're gonna open the door, and Dakota is going to knock them back. Welcome to I Thought That Smelled Bad on the Outside, a show that is full of all the foods. <laughs> we ate like six hours ago, and I'm still stuffed. I'm uncomfortable. What was this holiday again? I think they call it Orthodox Thanksgiving. <laughs> What's an Orthodox? I don't know. I think we ate it. <laughs> Probably. We ate a lot. Oh, God. We ate a pig, we ate a turkey, we ate some sort of brown sausage things, and there was some green stuff in there, and potatoes. And a Two bunch. kinds of potatoes. That's true, and a bunch of orange stuff. Some sort of fruit thing. I like to have my yearly meal. <laughs> it's it's nice. There was also pumpkin pie and pumpkin pudding and, yeah, cheesecake. Which is not very Thanksgiving. Yeah, it was fine. It's cheesecake. It's always appropriate. Always in season. Huh? We're having beer tonight. And now we're gonna drink a little. By a little, you mean a lot. We're gonna drink some. Yes. You guys are gonna have to empty these bottles, so. So a lot. All peeing. All okay. Right. So my name is Scott. I'm Jim. I'm Sam, and I don't know why I'm here. Cause you're here. Yeah, you were here to begin with, so. You live here, you may as well. I guess so. Nope. Alright, so, um, Extra Life is still going on. We are like $20 away from our goal. Yeah, as of recording, we're like 20 bucks away from the goal. Give us $20! Give someone on the team $20. Do not put it in anyone's breasts! Do not put it in anyone's pants! Hey, now you are limiting how they can give you money. I am not a prostitute! For cancer? I would be a prostitute. To help sick kids, you wouldn't prostitute just a little. And that's what it's all about. It's going to sick kids. Um, this is through the Children's Miracle Network, which means just short of 90% of your donation will end up at the hospital helping kids with the sickness like they have. One of our team members is doing IWK because he's in New Brunswick. Go IWK! You get money too! IWK is pretty good. I was there at one point. That's not really a vote in their favor because, I mean, I got out, but still. <laughs> I think, I think that's how it's supposed to happen. Is it? I really? Think so. So yeah, you if you donate to Transili, your money will go to IWK. If it's Scott, Chrissy, or myself, it goes to Scott. Yeah. And it's tax deductible. It'll look good when you do your taxes. Think about that for a second. Makes you feel good. And fuck Harper. Yep. Fuck the Harper tax. Warning! We might be liberals! <laughs> If you haven't picked up on it by now, we're a hundred plus episodes in. Catch the fuck up. <laughs> there we go. This could be their first. You never know. You know what? We have a back catalog. Yeah. There's so, also piggy noises. Don't be alarmed. It is Brutus, as we've prefaced that before. It's a coffee perk. 
No, that he, happens to be a dog. He's easy to actually kill. I think he wants on your lap. No, he just wants to sniff things. He's just sniffing beer. Like, These boxes smell weird. Last time he was actually on someone's lap and he was asleep the whole time. Yeah. That was me, by the way. So your legs were numb. Yeah. I yeah. was in pain last time. Alright, so, uh, pick of the week. And I Sam can... have one of those? Shit. Sam can go first. Uh, my pick of the week is Persona 4 Arena Ultimax, because it's the only thing I've been playing, like a drug addict, because I should be playing Arno Surge, and I got lazy, and, and I'm Arno Surge is shit. It's actually not shit. You fuck off. It's I'm the shit. one playing it. You're the one watching it. Go fuck yourself. I watch it. It's shit. You know what, Scott? Stop making fun of my Gust love, okay? You don't love Gust. I love the Atelier games. That's good enough. That's the official review, folks. <laughs> um... But yes, Persona 4 Ultimax. I can be Jinpei this time! And it's really awesome. I don't like the changes in the movesets, though. It's confusing. Very confusing. Okay, I'm done. Gotta throw it to someone. Yeah. Um, I throw, I throw it to both of you. Talk at the same time, suckers! That would be very awkward. Alright, What do you want? Okay, fine. I'm throwing it to Belt Fighters. This surprises nobody who watches this show. Who listens to this show. Who reads this show. Or otherwise <laughs> exposes this show in any form of medium. But new build fighters, new one episode in, great fun so far. New Kid Domon, the there's Power a, GM wait, Cardigan. Whoa, 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 there's a Kid Domon. There's Kid Domon. Yeah, there is a kid who enters the show by going, "Have you seen this girl?" <laughs> well, he beats yes! up three guys yep. and then goes, "Have you seen this girl?" Yeah. Um. First thing that went through my mind is, "Wow, Kyoji's gotten like Kyoji's really improved <laughs> visually." I'm in love already. Yeah. I need to watch this. Yeah, I no, you Dylan do. Kashi. Well, I'm I'm really pleased with the female lead on this show because hey, she's nuts. <laughs> well, she's the right kind of nuts for this show. Yep. Um, isn't like a preface for Gundam characters that they have to be nuts, like female characters, other well, than Emma Sheen, who was completely sane. She's not the dangerous kind of crazy. Like mid rant, she's explaining to him the wonders of gunpla, and he's oh my god, fangirl. Well, he's gunpla. tied to a chair. <laughs> And he is trying to become untied, and she just continues to tirade. He's like, you're not even listening to me, are you? And she's like, nope! Nope. Power GM Cardigan. Plus, Power GM Cardigan. Fucking badass. Love that Fucking thing. badass. Like, this is not, hey, let's just have some little girl fucking chibi suit because it's a female cast member. It's, no, this thing is walking gun. This thing is better armed and actually a better suit than the fucking heavy arms. And no moe. No, not so far. Not so far. Yeah. I mean, I, know... I think I think the guys in the Facebook group are trying to turn uh, little little Delmont's older sister into a moe blob, and I'm like, nah, she's too cool for that. Yeah. No. However, the old police officers when she walked into the room, that kind of got awkward. That right. was that was weird. <laughs> yeah, that was like wait. But yeah, Build Fighters try one episode in. Go watch it. Go enjoy it. It's more Build Fighters. It's fucking boss. Scott. Uh, so I kind of. Because Google did a sale, so trade collections, trade trades of Star Wars Tales, which was an old a comic that is sadly now defunct, uh, they put all of the trades for it on sale at two bucks each. So I got a big stack of trades, real cheap, and uh, Star Wars Tales was an anthology book with uh, little like eight and sixteen pagers all over the continuity, out of continuity, focused on just different weird little Star Wars things. It's like, hey... Obu, let's have Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan have a conversation about something. Let's have Mace Windu and Yoda have... Some of them are funny, some of them are serious. Like, there's one where they do Mace Windu and Yoda in a diner in the vein of Pulp Fiction. 
Vader's birthday was one of them, wasn't it? Yeah, Vader's birthday is in there. There's this whole thing about, like, them breaking down the Death Star plans, and they realize all the faults in it, and they kind of fix them. It's like, well, let's just double the guns and shrink the hole down to the minimum spec of two meters. No one's going to be able to pull that off. They'd be crazy. Or we could put a curve in the tube. I don't know. Or a grate. Hey, they did their best. They did what they thought was reasonable, which was a thousand damn guns. Yeah. Adding railings to it, that would have increased the budget by 40%. You just That thing was already expensive. You could have had crossbars over the top of the trench. Just retractable crossbars. It would have been nothing. See, you know... It was not an efficient design. When you design a death moon, I don't think efficiency is a peak. Efficacy is paramount in any business pursuit. It wasn't a business pursuit. It was a tool of obscene destruction. And business. <laughs> there was no business involved. There was lots of business. Yeah, there was subcontracting. Yup. I was at the pornography store. I was buying pornography. Star oh. Wars pornography? Probably. Probably. Head up, Sam. I'm doodling. Yes, I know you're, you're doodling. You're talking about Star Wars and I tune out every time. I realize that you're talk I'm talking about Star Wars, but if you're going to talk... Talk at the microphone. No. no. You're going to talk, talk into this. Remember at our wedding when they told me to talk into the microphone and I said no? Yeah. Really loudly. <laughs> and you all loved it. That's because you, you talked right into the microphone. Yeah, that was the one time. Yep. I can repeat everything you said now. <laughs> so there rat. we go. Yep. If you're not talking Wookiees, I just don't care. Okay. There's some Wookiees. That's pretty then good. Then why didn't you mention that? That's the only thing that matters! Nobody cares about the rest of the Star Wars universe. I'm getting a divorce already. I can feel it coming. I can feel this coming. A divorce! I'm sorry, honey. Next you're going to tell me that Heavy Arms was a legitimate suit with a fair pilot. It really wasn't. Not I just loved it bit. because it was kind of attractive looking. I mean, how can you not love a robot that has gum... Guns coming out of its pectorals. It's just hilarious. My issue is how much it just blows through all of the ammo and is left with its knife. <laughs> I knife you! Yeah. I'm the gun one! <laughs> click, 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 click. I never said Knifey Heavy time. Arms was a good Gundam, okay? I knew it was a piece of shit, but it was orange, and it had guns coming out of its pectorals. Brilliance right there. Also, who fucking makes their Gundams orange? I mean, I love orange. That's why I'm there, so confused. There's competing. Jim holding up his hand yeah. to explain that orange is the ultimate kind of color it of Gundam. It is the best color for Gundam! Like every, Especially highway safety orange. That's every like major unit that I field in SDGO, I make sure I paint it bright fucking orange. Yay! Oh. So tonight, we are doing some beer, we're doing some Q&A, probably devolve into more rambling nonsense. As normal. That seems probable. That seems probable. So we're starting off the beer with something... Corporate that's pretending not to be corporate. Too hard lately. So this... I know. So this is Creamore Springs Oktoberfest. And Bulldogs think beer tastes awesome, apparently. Scotchtoberfest? Scotchtoberfest. It kind of pours like syrup. Yeah, this is actually pouring pretty dense. Like, that seems surprisingly thick. Yeah, it is. Uh, So we... It has... It is a rich autumn brown. Golden. It smells like nothing. If you have a color like this in a cup when you're dealing with a doctor, they're probably going to want you to do it again. Yeah. This looks like, like apple I... juice pee. That's, that's my point. <laughs> apple juice? Did you give me apple juice? I did not give you apple juice. This looks like apple juice. 
Yeah, there's, there's like... not there's not a lot of uh, there's not much of a nose on it. Uh, no. The head's it's... basic white, pretty thick. It smells like nothing. It looks generic. Like I think that's the best way to put it. Even the smell. This just looks like something you would get on tap at any random bar. And like it this generic is... too. Oh, don't tell me that. I haven't tried any yet. There's nothing to it. There's a little bit of bitterness at the end, but yeah, this is not special. It's a little. I didn't even get that. Like I gulped my entire glass. I didn't get bitterness. I like didn't get just any the, the it just tasted like off water. Like not. There's a little bit of bitterness, but it's not like a hoppy bitter. It's just sort of like maybe this beer got left out too long. Bitter. You know what? Here's my thing. Usually, Creamore's a little bit better than this. I'm actually really disappointed. No, I've been disappointed with them this whole year. Really, what was the one that we used to like? We used to get all this the cobblestone because that one. No, is... the Keller beer, which the is Keller, which, which is has so... gotten worse since it went to year round production. Um, it tastes kind of like Stella, but without the zip. God, and Stella's bland as shit. Yeah. yeah. Like, so, I like Stella well enough, but that's because, by and large, what I had access to on the island. But this is Stella without any um, real zip. I give this with. a failing grade. Yeah, this I'm is, not impressed. This is shit. Sorry, Creamore. This is shit. I, if I bought this, if I just bought a bottle or a pint, I would finish it. No, and the sad part is, it's what? 625 milliliters. Jesus. Like, this is a big bottle. This is not a small bottle by any stretch of the imagination. But it's just, there's nothing special. Mm. You get a little bit of tartness, but it's... The flavor disappears almost immediately. Yeah. That's the issue. Like, it just tastes like off water. And especially if you're running this... You as... know what You know what it actually reminds me of? Mm. Bad tea. Yeah. Like you, you've somehow managed to like the like you you're trying to get a second one out of the bag. Yeah. And then you oversteep it and the water's too hot. Yeah, it's like it's bad tea is what it is. Especially if you're running this as an Oktoberfest beer. Oh, that should be like well, light it, and crisp and playful yeah, and exactly. this is nothing. It should have a, a whimsical taste to it. Yeah. I get bored. Yeah. That is the taste I get. It's not Think- Marigo. I would not drink this with sausages, I think is the easiest way for me to phrase it. Like, this beer doesn't go with polka. Yeah, and no. it's like, if you can't do that, even on a base level, if I'm not going to drink your beer with all of the associated accoutrements that go along with Oktoberfest, no then you have failed. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to eat bratwurst with this. No. no. Like a shit. I will eat bratwurst instead of this quite easily. So, and then get a pretzel. Hey, yeah. So I think in ranking, this will automatically probably be the worst beer of the bunch, because... If it's not, I'm scared. Yeah, I'm a little frightened. This is the one we started with, so... Let me just put it in order here. Alright. Here we go, that's the first one. So there we go. Um, And obviously we're also doing a little Q&A, so this one's going to be pulled off the blog comments. This is Mr. Cameron Berg. It was a great John Houseman name. So he wants to know, one... Uh, what are you expecting from Persona 5, Sam? Mitsuru Kirijo and hot girls, cooler personas, and, um, the college years, which I know I'm not getting anymore and I'm super disappointed. Mostly Mitsuru Kirijo, which is not happening! (laughs) Okay, so I'm I'm glad to see it's the original Persona 3 team coming back to it, but honestly, they have not shared anything substantial, so I'm just gonna assume it's gonna be like, hey, the combat's going to be slightly better, and the story's going to be slightly worse, because that's how SMT does sequels. Which is so painful, because Persona 3 is such a masterpiece. It's so good. Given that I haven't played a Persona since DDS, if they want to give me should. another DDS, okay. You really should, especially if you've oh, got a PSP. I know a PSP, I, 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 can, I can fix it, that you can play Persona 3. My PSP's still on the island. 
but mm. once I get it back. Why? Because I didn't bring it with me. Because I didn't think I'd be without my stuff for that long. Yeah, of yeah. course. Okay. Yeah. I understand. I also, just a quick aside on that end, I miss the PSP. It was a good system. I loved it. Like, they could have kept it rolling. Even <laughs> with UMDs, they could have kept it rolling for a spell. Well, I mean, Nisa will probably still release a game for it next year somehow. Well, yeah. <laughs> Somehow they'll have a it'll, game out it, for it. It'll come actually, out on the store. Yeah. It actually, Nisa didn't release a PSP game this year. The only company that has for us that I know of is Natsume. Well, yeah, there Nobody you go. Nobody likes the stuff Natsume puts out that's not Harvest Moon. Yeah. And since they don't have the Harvest Moon license anymore. <laughs> Nobody likes anything from that. I mean, the legit one, not the one they made up. <laughs> um, yeah. Just, that's just an aside. Um, RP Gamer does not endorse me saying shit because I'm not an RP Gamer right now. Yep. And I can say that. Alright. Um, yeah. So his next question is, what do we think of all these sequels for Persona 4? Not into it, because I don't really like the cast of Persona 4. There I said it, I don't really like them. Anymore. I think it's undercutting the bittersweet ending that they just, oh, yeah, no, we're gonna get back together next summer, and oh, dance competition! Yeah, I'm not understanding the dancing all night one. Uh, I don't like Hatsune Miku, so I will not be playing that unless I get Dancing Teddy, which I have not seen any Dancing Teddy, so... Merchandising. Merchandising. Like, Merchandising. I look, <laughs> I look at this and I go, okay, you look at the dev cost on a game, especially now. You can't really take risks, but you know people will give you any money at all for Persona, the same way they will for Assassin's Creed, especially if they figured out some way to actually put a woman in there at some point. But I know how hard that is, right? I like oh, yeah. Liberation. Yeah. I'm, I'm excited minority. for that standalone-ish thing they're doing with China. You know what? Yeah. But it's like, you they're just going to do this for merch to prolong and reduce costs. I mean, I... I don't hate Persona 4 by attention. I actually love the game. I think it's fantastic. I think it's completely weak uh, in comparison to 3. We've had that discussion before. I'm not going back there. I Episode 19! <laughs> I don't really care for all these Link extra the sequels and whatnot. Yeah. But you know what? At the same time, I'm not going to say no to them because like I just talked about, I am really liking Arena Ultimax. Having the cast in that is still just as fun. Don't like the changes in the moveset, but loving the additions to the Persona 3 cast because you get Junpei now, you get Yukari now, you get Ken and Koromaru. Um, I think I'm missing somebody. Marie. Well, Marie is from 3. You get Margaret, which is from 4. You get Adachi. Adachi actually is a nice addition. I know everyone's creeped out by him, but he's actually really fun to play as, despite being a murderer. He's really fun to play as. Which one was he? He's the cop. He's the one that, um, he was the guy with the gun. I didn't see anybody with a gun. Okay. Shit. Next time, okay. next time we'll, we'll have play, to try that we'll try after, it out. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm liking the additional characters. I'm liking the new storyline in that game. I think it's really great. Uh, couldn't care less about that show Mizunaki Kid. Uh, he's kind of a douche canoe. Um, his plotline's really dumb because it's, Ah, Mitsuru! It's your fault I have angst! And Mitsuru's just like, bitch, please. Why? Because Mitsuru's perfect in every way. And anyone who says otherwise can go fuck themselves. Bias. Cough, 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 <laughs> cough. No, really. She's the best Persona character. The, uh, I right. mean, unless you count Maya from 2, who was also really awesome, but not as hot. Alright, so his last question is, uh, what are your opinions of Attack on Titan? I don't know what that is! <laughs> I know what that is. I've been told I should watch it. I haven't gotten around to it yet. I've watched three episodes, and it's something I'm. that's always in the back of my brain. It's like, you should get back to that. It seemed pretty good. You know good. what? But then the fan base, and maybe it's just my distaste of teenagers, but I'm just like, teenagers like this. Cameron, that can't be a good sign. Do us a favor. 
give us some reasons why she, we should watch Attack yeah. on Titan. Because um, I'm actually curious about it. It looks really pretty. Um, I don't watch as much anime anymore, so I need good pitches in order for me to actually go and seek anime out. I mean, just to prove it, I'm watching Crayon Shin-chan right now, and I think it's the best thing ever. Well, Attack on Titan is a Not show. Crayon Shin-chan, It's I not Shin-chan, but it is post-apocalyptic, which you like. I do like those things. And uh, the teen cadets turn into giant monsters to beat up other giant monsters. I could be in on that, actually, mm. as long as it's done well, and I have a suspicion it's probably not, from what mm. my friends have told me. It's 50-50. Mass fandoms at this point make me nervous. Yeah, I don't too. trust like, them anymore. Like, this big occult this fast is always yeah. like... Well, I always flash back to AN on the years where Bleach was big, and <gasps> you couldn't see anything but black and white and breast, no matter where you look. And I don't mind seeing breast. I don't. But I do like color variety. Well, it was also bad for the years when Naruto was the big thing. You mean where they were fucking everywhere? Yeah. yeah. So, I don't miss those days of Aeon. But I don't miss Aeon at all, sadly. Mass con followings like that always kind of make me nervous because nobody ever tells me why I should merely think, Oh my god, you have to! Like, there's there's never, like, a reasonable discussion of why Attack on Titan is a good show. And I, and I know I could sit down and, based on the three episodes, talk about some of the themes I saw that I appreciated. But at the same time, you know, everyone else is just OMG to stuff. See, yeah. My thing is, you can't do a, oh my god, I can't even at me without giving me some reasons. If sort out, comes up sort to out me online says, is the same way. Says, you know, OMG, I can't even right now, you need to. I usually back away from it because it's like, it sounds you're crazy. Even, you're, you're just not giving me reason yeah. to give fucks. And I need fucks. That said, one thing I have seen in regards to Attack on Titan that I do kind of want to watch, there is apparently a porn of it. <laughs> and the pictures I have seen. The actors seem to be having an absolute day of it, running around naked, wrecking buildings. And I'm <laughs> well, like, no, you know what? I that don't... sounds like a fun afternoon. Yeah, no, exactly. It's like, I don't need to see you have sex with anyone. You seem to be absolutely stoked about the fact that you are completely naked, and you get to wreck tiny buildings. Um, and that sounds pretty fun to me. We should watch that. Yeah, like... All right, sleepover! Hey! We'll, we'll just hit chapter skip when they finally start banging, because yeah, really, like, that's just mechanical. There was this one time where Scott and I watched a Scooby-Doo porno that he found, and we were just like, you know, this is really bad, because, wow, Velma's such a slut. Like, we just couldn't get over how skanky Velma was, because you kind of expect it from Daphne. Well, from Daphne, it's a given, but you expect Velma to be the one who's into the really kinky shit. And she was. Yeah. Interestingly enough, though, all she wanted to do was fuck Freddy or fuck Daphne. I kind of was figuring it would have been no. Shaggy. She's always been the one who's been after some Shaggy dick. That's been a given, right? That's why I was confused when yeah. we watched it. We're like, what is this? And why did you find this? No. I don't know. Does that be the Dora the Explorer porn you found on fanfiction. Uh, well, adultfanfiction.net? Sorry. That, the, wor the universe demanded, <laughs> it came to mind. So, obviously, I had to determine that. It exist whether or not it existed. Rule thirty four. Like I'm, I had to prove it, and that meant, and then I found it. Let's put it this way: after we proved that Dora the Explorer porn existed, we then immediately went to go look and see other things that existed. We also learned that somebody writes um, home improvement porn, yeah. <laughs> which we thought was a little weird. Oh, a my lot God. of them having to do with Heidi and Wilson. We're getting more beer, right? Yeah, so yes. good, <laughs> wonderful beer. beer, beer. And then we'll do next yeah, the, the the whole thing is I, oh. I I found it to prove that I to prove that it was real so that I was not obliged to write it. Yeah, I can I can reach the bar of adultfanfiction.net just 
fine. You know what? I will check my commas. You know what? We are going to have a bet. Who can write better fanfic, like adult fanfiction? Because I bet you... You will cross your I's and dot your T's. <laughs> yes. you got some work to do, buddy. Prove it to me and I will buy you whatever you want. That's not a pork. Because <laughs> I can't afford it. Say a porn, a porridge, or a porch. <laughs> a porch. <laughs> okay. I, I, I heard stunned. porridge as well. So it isn't just me. Good, good. I hate you guys. Let's go to the next beer, which is Woo! a Mill Street beer, which automatically means it's gonna be good. I hope so. Mill Street, don't disappoint me. Okay, so this is a uh, hundredth Meridian, yeah, which is an organic amber lager. It's really pretty, by the way. It looks not like urine. Yes, it's Unlike actually the other one. It is nice. Like there's a nice clarity to it. Mm-hmm. Like it's very easy to actually see through. You can see this almost like a lens glass color. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah. This this is kind of you know. Has a nice scent to it as well. Oh, you see that? That smells like something I want to drink. See, it's kind yeah. of sad because if you compare the 100th Meridian to the Creamore Springs in terms of color, this one's a lot more vibrant. Yeah. It actually has an actual scent. Yeah. So that's a plus. I'm getting I'm getting Cascade Hops. Um, which the foam, is a good... crispy. Uh, it's very perky, actually. Yeah. It looks good. And it tastes good. Not my favorite of theirs. Oh, that is nice. That's actually really smooth. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it's a really good finish on a lager. I mean, it does have some hoppiness to it, but it is... I could go for more, but I like my IPAs. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm a man who likes his hops, yeah. so... There but, we go. Yeah, flavor-wise, this is this is really nice. No, and I remember you telling me about this before I got up here. Yeah. Because this one is unfiltered, right? Yeah. yeah, it is not filtered. And unfiltered beer is always the right answer. Always! Like I said, not my favorite product of Mill Streets, but I can definitely get behind this one. Their coffee porter is fucking delicious. Try having it in a cake. Ooh. Actually, if you ever go to Mill Street Brewery, in their actual restaurant, you can get coffee porter cake. I'm going to have to try it's, this. I believe, a chocolate cake yeah, with it's a, a hint of the coffee porter. Yeah. And then they make something else that's also with the coffee porter. We got a float once that had the coffee yeah, porter we, in we, it. Yeah, we, 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 we had a, it with ice cream. You got the one that had the coffee porter, and I think I ended up getting the one with the vanilla. Yeah. The Mill Street vanilla beer. Um, see, say what? tasted good. Offers similar to that. Yeah. Like an ice cream float with a coffee beer. Mm-hmm. It was pretty good. Well, uh, say what? Um, they they make two two or three things in house. One of which is a coffee porter, and they have their dicks in a twist over the fact that I... Mill Street coffee porter exists. Why? Okay, because they, they did first. it first. Oh, fuck off. Like I'm sorry, you yes, you came up with something good. Guess what? You sourced your beans poorly, cause Mill Street went next door and said, Hey Balzac, you got some beans? And Balzac roasts a fine coffee. Yeah. They do, it's delicious. So there you go. Oh, it smells delicious, I don't drink well, coffee. No, you know what? Basic rule. If you succeed at something, Somebody's... somebody else is gonna copy it. It's not just that the I mean the Mill Street coffee porter's also won so many friggin' awards yeah. just for what it is. It's like, I'm sorry you did it first, but if you're not... Guess what? You did not do it best. Yeah. Well, you also don't... They didn't have the production levels, I expect. I've no, never seen Say What outside of the restaurant. No, they only make it for the restaurant. Uh, yeah. And, and I that... had Mill Street Everywhere. while I was in Ottawa. <laughs> like, they have their Ottawa branch. There. Exactly. I went to the Lickbow in Ottawa. I was trying to... I was in the mood to drink. And I'm like, holy crap, a coffee porter. Let's give this a shot. And it was yummy. tasty. Yeah. It's got a coffee aftertaste that sticks like there was grinds in the bottom of the pot. Well, that's about it. Yeah. And I mean, that's that's complaint to the coffee drinker. That's I can't stand that when I get that from a cup of coffee, but I fully expect it in a thing of beer. In a beer. Yeah. yeah. 
Like, if a beer leaves no taste afterwards, I'm more troubled by it, because it usually means there wasn't enough flavor. Yeah. I.e., fuck you, Oktoberfest. <laughs> yeah. That coffee poured to me. Again, not my favorite of their bunch, but it's one that if it was handed to me, I would drink it. That is really nice. Yeah. That is really nice. There's a simplicity about the 100th Meridian well, that when, just is... I, I did work for Mill Street for a summer before the 100th Meridian came in, but uh, one of the things I did at... The, there's a beer fest in Toronto, and a beer fest is kind of a terrible thing. Because Toronto already has a great bar culture. You, If you want to try a bunch of different beers, you can find one of a hundred bars with 16 taps, all local, all interesting. There is a reason I'm down cash right now. Yeah. God bless you, Barvolo. Oh, and Bar Hop, and... I need to take a spin down by the, the beer market. Uh, Brownstone. Delicious. Tequila Bookworm. Oh, Tequila Bookworm. Labyrinth. Labyrinth is good. The Victory Cafe, even, has yeah. a few good ones. Like, like, hell, the pizza plate, the chain pizza places here have good beer. Yeah. We're oh. very spoiled. Oh, yeah, yes. And yes, then, you are. And then to just top it all off, I mean, we have the Amsterdam Brewery, the Mill Street Brewery, the Steam Whistle Brewery. Great Lakes. Great Lakes. Everyone. You know, we have so many friggin' breweries, and almost all of them also have restaurant-quality food. Yeah. So there you go. Put beer in their food. So, so the beer fest is just kind of this lightning rod for dude bros, and you have these massive, like, we're talking massive booths for the big guys. Oh yeah, I saw so many pop collars on a Friday afternoon, it wasn't funny. Oh Christ. And, like, there, there are just these massive displays for Coors and Molson, and I'm like, really, you're gonna stand in line and pay money to try a, a Canadian with goddamn tomato juice in it? Ew. Can I have the tomato juice instead? Yeah, that... Just, just on its own. That That's kind of what it came down to. My discussion came down to. So you'd get idiots who were just here to get drunk, and they would ask for whatever. Why would you like, pay money for that? Yeah, and this is it. So they're in my line, and they're asking for whatever. So I immediately reach behind me and open up a coffee porter and hand it to them. Just to be like, if you don't care, start caring. Yeah. Because this is going to punch you in the face. This is the thing, you know, Toronto's beer culture is really big, so to go to a beer fest and, and drink the usual shit, why and would then you not even, even bother? And then go to a go to a booth with eight taps running and a cask, mind you. Yeah. And just say whatever. No, fuck, fuck you. you. Fuck, fuck you. you. Get out. I mean, this is it is a Like thing. there was one guy who came up and I had a passionate argument with a guy who was really upset we didn't have um the Belgian wit handy. And I'm like, dude, just just try this Amplevice. Do the Amplevice. You'll like it. You came here for wheat beer. All right, so our, our next actual question is from Hirai. who would like <laughs> yes! to know, if you could have a famous person from history as a roommate, who would it be? Zena. Zena's not from history. Zena. Do you mean Lucy Lawless? Lucy Lawless. There you go. That, that's allowed, right? I'm sure. Um, if not, I would pick... Can I say Hideyoshi because he amused the fuck out of me, even though he was a horrible, horrible dictator? Yes, yes, you can live with a mass murderer. I kind of love the fact, though, that he wanted to write no dramas, sure. and it was really, really funny, and he was really... He wrote really bad no dramas, and I would have liked to have seen those performed. I don't actually like him as a person, so I'm actually going to go back to Lucy Lawless. <laughs> <laughs> He'd be a, probably be a shitty roommate, to be honest. Oh, probably. At least Lucy Lawless, you know what? I get Xena action, I get Battlestar action, I get pornos, 
I get everything with Lucy. And she's a terrible singer. And her and I can sing Cher at the top of our lungs. Can I also pick Cher? No. No, you can't pick Cher. Only one, right? Yeah. You can pick only one. Lucy Lawless. <laughs> and we have a bulldog attached. It's a tough question. Yeah, it is. Lucy Lawless. <laughs> this can, I, is... can I pick Kevin Sorbo as well? Make them a match? No, no, no. You get one. Not only do you get one, I will sit at this table and tell you you do not want Kevin Sorbo as a roommate because the guy's an ass. <laughs> I know. He broke my costume once. Seriously? Actually, yes. Fuck. The year before I met Scott, I went to Fan Expo and it was back when like it was just a little hole in the wall. And I met Kevin Sorbo, and I was dressed as a character from Genso Suikoden. None of you probably know what the fuck that is. It's okay, it's an old-school RPG. It's one of my favorites. Suikoden has a scary fandom. Yeah, you know what? If they don't know what Suikoden is, they can fuck off. Best series ever. Yeah. Um, so I was dressed as a character from that series, uh, Meg the Trickster. Um, and he loved the fact that it had tassels on the front. He was like, can I touch those, the balls on your, your shirt? And I was like, no. And he was, like, poke, poke, poking me. Um, I got my picture taken with him. I only went just slightly above his waist. He's actually almost, like, seven feet tall. Yeah. Which terrified the shit out of me, because I, I didn't realize how tall he was until he actually stood up. But he thought my costume was really cute, and he was really upset with me, because I told him Hercules in space was a piece of shit. Wait, you mean the cartoon? No. no. And the other show he did. Oh, okay. <laughs> He's like, it was a paycheck. No, I was sitting, uh, for, not the first year, the second year that I went to Fan Expo. I was sitting in the hotel with a bunch of friends, and he came walking by us, because I guess his shit was done and he was leaving. This must have been the same year, then. I don't think so, because it would, it would have been, like, 2010 Yeah. Oh, he came back in 2010. Yeah, he yeah. Wait, back. no, then, I'm confused, how, how long have we been together? Seven years. Yeah, I was going to say eight. <laughs> Actually, longer than that. But, no, he shot us. He shot us this look like I wasn't worth the dirt on his shoes. Oh, wow. And it's like, you know what? Fuck you too, asshole. I didn't do Andromeda. (laughs) Also, I wasn't, you know, Ryan's dad on the OC. Yeah. Who was an alcoholic. Which, by the way, Kevin Sorbo cannot play an alcoholic worth a shit. Let me put it in a way that Kevin Sorbo will understand. Disappointed! You know what, Kevin Sorbo, I'm sorry, Hercules was fantastic, but Xena was better. Well, Xena was better. I'm not totally clear why it is they haven't just gone, we need to make a Wonder Woman movie, what the fuck is Lucy Lawless up to? Statement, stop. She's old. No, 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 I will argue that she still would make a fine Wonder Woman. Scott, you have to remember, she might be 60, she's freaking buff. Like, she is still, she still retains her good looks. She's still incredibly fit. Yeah, she like, can wreck she can all three do, of us at once without even fucking trying. And she can still do half trying. the stunts she used to, used to be able to do. I'm sorry, but Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., fuck you for that episode you did. You made Lucy Lawless into the stupidest fucking character. I hate you. Go fuck yourselves. No. You suck Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. But I mean, like, let's look at New Superman for a second. Well, no, but we, let's, let's, you are trying to avoid, you're, you're, you're derailing us into Man of Steel, so you don't have to answer the goddamn I question. Will, I will come back to the question. Just give me a sec. I will come back. We're talking about Lucy Lawless. Yeah, I will come back. It is a sacred topic. Yeah, I will come back to this. But we've got Henry Cavill. We've got Ben Affleck. And you stand them up against Lucy Lawless. She would fuck both those bros up. Well, that's it. You now have a Wonder Woman who is in the same basic age category as as the other two. 
you have a Wonder Woman who can stand eye to eye with either of them easy. Without well, a box. Actually, isn't yeah. it she's actually older than both of the two? I think she is. You know she's older than Ben. Yeah. Well, not only seven years or so. Cavill's still kind of young. He's only, he's 41 or something. But yeah, it's enough that, you know what, if you suddenly did that, if you recast Wonder Woman with Lucy Lawless, you are going to have a Wonder Woman who stands toe-to-toe with the other two members of the Trinity. What? She would be able to, even personality-wise, do it. Yeah. Like, she's she's got it. Wonder Woman is kind of like Xena. Xena was Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. That's it. I mean, if they would like to give me my Gina Torres version of Wonder Woman, I would be into that. Or my Laverne Cox version Woo! of Wonder Woman. Like, I would be happy with both of those. But I'm not going to lie. Lucy has always been Wonder Woman in my eyes. And Zena, I'm just mad that she's never been actually in the costume. Xena had that disc thing. The chakram. The throwing anus. Yeah. The chakram. But throwing do you anus. ever remember Wonder Woman using her tiara like that prior to Xena? No. I think that maybe, but that may have been a Sailor Moon shout out. I don't know. But that's it. She starts using it more often once Xena becomes big. Like, I'm sorry, that would have been a perfect cast. As for me, as for who I would pull out of history... To have as a roommate, I'm not actually sure. Part of me wants to say Bill Shakespeare. He's a cool guy. Well, that's it. And at the same time, it's like, I don't spend a whole lot of time talking to my roommates. I've had a lot of roommates over the years. I tend to kind of avoid them. So I'd be like, what would be the other payoff? Part of me wants to stay Stalin, but that's because anytime you give me a pick historical character question, it's usually, who would you kill? And I choose Stalin because I like to fuck with history more directly than choosing Hitler. Uh, I've... Well, if, if you're, if you're going to ask me who I would go back in time and kill, it's probably Woodrow Wilson. <laughs> I, I'll, we'll come back to the stolen one after, because I always have fun with that question. But, no, you know what? Part of me says Bill Shakespeare, but I think I'd actually go with Socrates or Aristotle. God damn it, you stole my answer. Like, let's go straight on full philosophy. Let's go back to those long-forgotten days. Of hanging around with in our togas and drinking our wine. Yeah. And Scott's going to divorce me and marry Jim now. No. You make me feel like my answer's not legit and I'm your wife. Your answer is legit. Jim understands. We but just understand. We just completely argued in favor of Lucy Lawless. No, not him. He didn't. Yeah. You did. He doesn't understand my love of Lucy, okay? He doesn't get it. I don't know why. Why are we married? So we can spend the rest of our lives yelling at each other about Lucy Lawless. <laughs> but yes, I would also pick so- Socrates. Yeah. Actually, anyone that Bill and Ted picked up, I would pick any one of them. Even George Carlin? Especially George yep. Carlin. You can do my personal version of like, Time Station. Well, you also know the rules of the road, right? <laughs> yeah. You've seen Dogma. Dog, shut up. But yeah. Anytime anybody's asked me who would you kill out of history... I would kill Stalin before the fissure between him and Trotsky. Okay. Just to see what becomes of Russia. Because all of a sudden Trotsky would rise to power. I think you would get a completely different Russia going into the Second World War. I think you would get a completely different Russia the entire way along. I think it would be very intriguing. Because he could also pull State's funeral on both Stalin and Lenin. Get these two great heroes, these sons of Mother Russia, in the face of everything that could go wrong. So you want to be the next Harry Turtle, though? Mm. Makes sense. No. I like mucking with history in ways that I see are beneficial. But anyway, what the fuck are we drinking? So right now we are drinking Rogue Farms 19 Original Colonies Mead with Jasmine. This one actually kind of looks like pee. It's oddly clear, yeah. 
Well, I it mean, is I don't mean that in a bad yellow. way. It's yeah. not. It's not like it's the super yellowy pea. This is like a really now these light, are now the like, the honey. Is... I'll mention that the honey is produced from bees that only have access to hop flowers. Interesting. Now that I didn't know. Yeah. I actually like the color though. Like it's a little bit more watery looking, but it's, I'm happy with that. It's almost got a wine smell to it, which I'm it does. By. I'm yeah. okay with that. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see. Um, that's delicious. Nice. It's. I'm assuming this is a blonde. Or is it's it a mead. It, it's a little dry at the end, but you know what? If you told me this was like ginger ale mixed into sparkling wine, I would believe you. Yeah. Yeah. Like there's no. That is a very good comparison. Yeah, there is no force at the beginning of this. It is a nice flavor, and it's got this carbonated zip to it the entire way along. That's actually very delicious. Like this is good. You have a little car- bit of carbonation. Oh God! And there's a Labrador. Jim's being a, t- a sexually assaulted by a dog. <laughs> Please. Uh, no means no. Stranger danger. Stranger danger. <laughs> now this 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 is um. I like see, this. Here, this is a great way to actually get um a beer more beer like flavor out of a mead because um I know for a fact that uh, we've got um what is it uh, Trafalgar over on the west coast makes a Braggot, which is a mead that just is brewed with hops. Mm. It's like it, it's infused with hops during the process. And that just comes off um, mm. sort of mm, like mm, a really mm. weird, sweet IPA, and it's not very good. This just gives you that little little taste of it. Yeah. And then you also have some floral notes, some jasmine. <coughs> this this is great. I feel... I don't feel like a Viking. No. No, no. I feel like I'm a Viking frolicking in a beautiful garden. <laughs> Give me, like, the big pink tails just to go with it. Well, yeah. Gotta have those. But that's part of the appeal of Viking women. Yeah. Like, that was... That all... and the fact that they're big. Yeah. Well, Anyone who says skinny bitches are what you want, take well, a look at a big woman. We're gonna take a quick aside on that. Just because I have friends who are as thin as I am, and they get shit for it. Like, the whole eat a sandwich thing. Some people are thin. Some I know. People are thin. Some people can't help it. I'm just yeah, saying. I, I just saw Jim eat a very large meal. Yeah. He's not going to be any bigger I don't tomorrow. I mean it in that way. No, I mean I it more in the sense of, hey, I'm media be body image. Yeah. Let's be anorexic. There are people who just can't help yeah. that they are skinny. Yeah. And I am okay with the fact that I'm a big girl. Yeah. I've established that. Well, I, I mean, I'm here. not as big as, you know, a fucking, you know, what is it, the blueberry from Willy Wonka. Yeah. But it's like, I sit here and it's like Irish and German lineage, and I've got Viking roots that I can easily find. You know what? A woman who is, you know, six feet tall and can wield a battle axe? That's hot. Yeah, that's why nobody fucked with the Vikings back home. Because it's like, we're going to raid us some Viking territory. Oh, fucking Christ! The women and children can do a better job fighting than we can. Okay, so our next questions are... Andrew uh, wants to know who sent us. God. Satan. We're on a mission from God. You sure it's not Satan? Yeah. Pretty sure. We have to save an orphanage. Yep. Wreck uh, a large component of Chicago. I'm not allowed to save orphanages after my Deadlands character got his forbidden from doing it. What did you do, Ray? What did you do? <laughs> I... Two Dan Aykroyd references in under two minutes. God, it's amazing. Soul Man. Uh-huh. But oh. yeah, my nun decided she wanted to save um, orphans, and yeah. she thought they worked in noodle factories because they were with the Asian mob, and she was really, really racist. I was allowed to play her that way because she was supposed to be, you know, 70 years old and just not giving fucks about anything, despite the fact that she is a nun 
and everybody needs to go to Sacramento for the Jesus Convention. <laughs> I know, right? Did that make any sense? No. No! <laughs> Why in God's name would you go to Sacramento? There's nothing there. Yeah. That was the point. All right. So our Imagine next she ended up in L.A. Oh, God. We don't want to know that nun in L.A. Our next question from Steven is, uh, did you forget the bots master? The fuck does that mean? Honestly, I may have gone through the Twitter feed with any and highlighted anything with a question mark, but yeah, no, we all forgot the Bots Master because that show was lame. What the fuck is Bots Master? It's a cartoon from the '90s. It was bad. You should you, feel bad for knowing. What you didn't have to add that as a qualifier. It was a cartoon from the '90s. Hey, um, Animaniacs, Batman, Boys. Batman animated series came in post '80s, as in end of '80s. I will give you Animaniacs. Okay. I will give you enemy. Pinky and the Brain? Pinky and the Brain was fantastic. Pinky and the Brain was also a precursor to kind of what we're getting now. Like, pr Pinky and the Brain was basically the prototype for Adventure Time and anything else that actually markets itself towards adults. Yeah. With a child appearance to it. Most kids aren't going to know who half the actors in Pinky and the Brain are. But you know what? You're a teenager into an adulthood. You know who Spielberg was and you know who everybody else that showed up on the show was. And that's why that shit was good. And apparently Saturday morning cartoons are dead. Yeah, no one's running them. That's fucking tragic. It's because they've got nothing to put there that isn't a pile of shit. That's, Let's face it, most that's fair. majority of children's cartoons, and I'm not talking about Adventure Time, and I'm not talking about, what is it, the regular show, yeah. stuff like that, because those are really, they are geared towards adults with a childlike appearance, and kids can still enjoy them. But we don't have any Pepper Ann anymore, or Recess, anything in that vein where it is adults could enjoy it, but kids really understood it better. Now, why is that? Is that the kids don't have I, the attention span, or we're too fucking lazy to make a show for them? Truthfully, I honestly, think it's the generation of kid. I, yeah. Well, here's the thing. Obviously, there are shows that are... Like, I'll, I'll point to uh, Last Airbender. That is... It, it, it does run on Nick, and I would call that a family show. Yeah. Like, that is a show that I can enjoy as an adult. I can sit... But I could also sit down with a nine-year-old. And that nine-year-old would like it just as much as me. Yeah. Because it is aiming for... It is a true all-ages thing, and it's well done. Well, but doing something that is all-ages doesn't hard. work on TV. Yeah. You need a demographic. You need to be able to pull sponsors and set up merch deals. And if you don't have... If you aren't so squarely focused on boys 8 to 12, or the show ends up going a different direction than that when it hits the air, guess what? It's fucked. That's what killed a lot of DC's cartoons they launched uh, two years ago. You mean like Young Justice and shit? Yeah, Young Justice, Green Lantern, and uh, Beware the Batman got canned for skewing too old and too female. Yeah. I just, you know what, I just look at this generation of child and, and no offense, it's not just the attention span, I think it's the fact that they have no appreciation for fucking anything. No. Okay? Like, well, if you can you get are... an iPad for Easter. Yep. You can get an iPad. For Easter. See, here's what my thing. Fuck? If you are a parent who is savvy enough to have children and you introduce them to the things you liked as a kid, you will have a better chance of making them appreciate it. But if you are the type of parent who doesn't like fun, um, and just drops you in front struggle. Of the box. You struggle to find things that they will like. My nephews are a perfect example of this. I once showed them Tiny Toons. One of them called it the most boring fucking thing he had well, ever Well, did you watched. start with episode one? No, I didn't. Yeah, that's a smart. That, that, well, that's then, fair. Then there's no point. That, then that, they just on that kid. Yeah. Um, and my other little nephew, he actually enjoyed it. He didn't understand it entirely, 
but he got the appeal and wanted to watch more. Now, was that the kid that was dancing like a motherfucker at the wedding? Yes. Yeah, that kid's pretty awesome. He has his days. He has his days where he's He has awesome. his good days and he has his bad days. He So he's a kid, he's is a what kid. I'm hearing. Yeah. Also, I mean, he's the kid who asked every single person to take see Ninja Turtles at the wedding. Again, he has his good days and he has his bad days. But that's it. He's a child. But it sounds like he's an all right child. The other one has the personality of an 80 year old man. That's a little problematic. He also has a father. With no taste or critical thinking skills. It's the problem of he's so hyper intelligent to the point where it's. uh, he has no critical thinking skills. Yeah, it's it's basically running burnout principle. It is basically either it is fact or you're a dirty fucking liar. Yeah, and it's like, that's not useful, kid. You're going to wind up finding very little this, to enjoy in this world. This is why I have problems with him. I love him to pieces, but this is why he and I cannot agree on video games. He only plays first-party Nintendo, and I'm one of the few human beings in the world who thinks first-party Nintendo's well, a joke. Well, and here's the first thing. First-party Nintendo was buying in on our nostalgia. They just pumped out a 3DS with the exact same pattern as an old controller. And while I like that, and I have even gone so far as to say that with the release of the retro 3DS, they should actually release in physical a bunch of retro games, I am recognizing that Nintendo is running on my nostalgia as a person. They are expecting me to shell out money for something I liked 25 years ago. Yep. And you know what? I don't buy into it. I have never been able to do it, and that's why it drives me crazy, because my nephews only want to play Mario. And I'm just like... Well, here's the thing. I tried to I tried to reach out to him. Yeah. I, I managed to track down two copies of the Metroid Prime Trilogy at not ridiculous price. Also... I, like, I, I tracked down two copies for about 55 to 60 bucks each. So here's... That's sort not of, bad. So here's sort of yeah. first party. And Nintendo. this was before... And this was before the reissue that sort of pulled the price out of them in the States, at least. Yeah. So I sat down and I was like, okay, this is Metroid. This is the best thing Nintendo does. Yeah. Play some. Tell me what you think. Because I'm not a Nintendo kid. I was a PC gamer growing up. But Metroid is. But going back. But going back to. But going back and looking at the history via uh, methods, (laughs) like you do, I've. Metroid was the thing that clicked with me. It was really good design. There's a lot of good stuff going on. Well, the Prime series was exquisite. And then Prime was just really cool. (laughs) Well, Prime. Prime was what got me back into Nintendo. Like, I played Nintendo as a kid. I went over to Sega during the Genesis generation because that's what my parents bought me. Mm -hmm. Because it was cheaper than a SNES. And then I went to PlayStation and never really looked back. I had some spare money one day. They had the silver GameCube that came with Prime. And if you were picking it up at EB Games at the time, you could also pick up a silver 3DS. Well, a silver GBASP for cheap. So I did the entire thing so as a bundle. So it was a nice bundle. Yeah. And you also got Metroid Zero Mission out of it. So a big Metroid theme. Prime wasn't something I'd been too gunned up on, but I was like, no, you know what? I've actually been playing a lot of GameCube for Fantasy Star Online. Yeah. Because, you know, the easiest way to sell a Nintendo product is a Sega site, is a Sega title now. Which is kind of crazy. That's well, how the world works. Oh, God, you're actually right. I know I well, am. Uh, think about it. Bayonetta 2 comes out this week. Yeah. And that was and, a Sega original. It's fun. a yep. Sega original. Yep. That's. But we'll come back to that. At yeah. the end of the day, Sega knows how to make games. Yeah. Sega is wonderful for development. But that's what sold me on it. And even then, Prime, I walked into going, I imagine this thing is going to be shit. It's a first-person Metroid game. First-person shooters are invariably run-and-gun pieces of garbage. Doom I like for its doomness. 
just it's so it is so sincere in its enthusiasm for demons, heavy metal, and shotguns. Yep. Oh yeah, no, you could run the entire heavy metal soundtrack while playing Doom, and it would work beautifully. I think some of the things in there are just stolen from Doom, uh, yep. from heavy metal. Yep. Doom, oh, yeah. Maybe it was Doom 2 that stole from heavy metal. Oh, I don't know. But Sammy Hagar, basically all you need is a Sammy Hagar album, album to play Doom. Yeah. But Prime was a space opera that you played from the first person. Yeah. That was the thing that blew me away on Prime was how absolutely enthralling and engaging this was. How it wasn't just and how you run could... and gun. And, you know, it, it's a it's environmental storytelling that I think only Valve does now. Yeah. And, and why the... tragic! Well, here's the thing. Why is no one trying? Why the fuck is there not more Metroid Prime out? Why, is, why isn't there more Metroid now? Why is Other M the direction they opted to move the series where 6'3 Samus is now, like, 5'4 and in desperate need of Adam to tell her exactly what she needs to... I'm sorry, I like my 6'3 fucking Amazon bounty hunter warrior. Like... Too bad fucking ass. Yeah, no, exactly. I like the idea of the character that I am playing to be an unstoppable engine of destruction. I don't give a well, shit that's if it's the got characters or not. That's the character they portrayed. Yeah. Samus didn't talk much. She observed some things in Prime, but mostly it was like, hey, things got in her way and things got out of her way. Well, when I beat it on the cube, when she takes the helmet off, this wasn't even the usual, okay, she takes the helmet off and the hair flows out beautifully, isn't she a No! She's got these huge fucking bruises on her cheek. She's got a little bit of blood on the lip and a nasty fucking split. Because she's been beat to shit in this thing. Mm -hmm. But she never fucking stops. And this is what I mean. Like, I get disappointed. And this is why I've been off Nintendo for so long. It's just the fact that you can keep shoving Mario down my throat. And my nephews, like I said, yep. they will buy it. Every time. And then try to tell me, Auntie, this is the best new Mario game. I couldn't fucking care less. It's this... I like... Mario, like, I sat down with Liam and Kendra, and I played 3D World, and I enjoyed that, it because it was something for us to do. That was an exception to the rule. That's the first Mario game I've finished in a very long time, but that is more because, you know what? It was designed in such a way that, for me, it was enjoyable. Yeah. It did all the things that I like in a 3D Mario game. Like, I hated 64. I know people think 64 is a masterpiece. I no. was not into it. Um I couldn't care less about Mario 3. I've beat it enough times. I'm like, yeah, I'm bored. I don't care. I look back on it fondly, but, but that's because that was Mario when I was a kid. Yeah. And that's what I mean. But Nintendo keeps pumping it out. They keep hoping, hey, like, it's going to keep working. And it's sad that it, it does keep working because, let's face it, like, oh, if God. they were told if... to come up with a new IP, they'd be standing in a corner and going, what the fuck do we do? Oh, you mean they'd be Blizzard? Yeah. Well, let's face it, they've Could, got that Splatoon game. That is like the first new IP in a long time that Nintendo's putting out. And you know what? That one, as much as I am intrigued by it, it's going to fall flat on his face. Well, Pikmin was one of their new IPs as well. Nintendo basically pumps out an IP per generation per console. Yeah, yeah. it's one new one, and either it's going to yeah. go really, really well, or it Or it's going to tank like a bitch. Yeah. And so I need a beer, is what it comes yeah, to. Yeah, no, to. we're kind of having an acerbic Nintendo rant. But say la vie. Say la vie. That, that's, that's all Nintendo can like arise said, in me. There's so a this... reason why I turned into a Sony girl. So yep. this is Bose All Natural Night Marzen, a different kind of Art Oktoberfest lager. It is delightfully amber. Oh yeah, this this is dark. It is, I hope to God, it's smoky as hell. It's got no scent. Yeah, no, I, I'm smelling... I smell nothing. 
I can smell something, but I can't put my finger on it. It's basically just like a fungal mushroom smell. Like, That's it. Like, like it's fermentation. Like it, it smells like it smells like a beer. It, it smells like a beer tank. Yeah. Oh, I got some up my nose. <laughs> uh, I'm gonna try this now. I don't mm. like this. It's thick. Mm-hmm. The flavor is entirely on the center of my tongue and the top of my mouth. It's not as hoppy as I would like, and the flavor is gone. Jim is making a really hideous face right now. He's very unhappy. Um, I'm getting that sort of chalkiness you get when you only use Cascade hops. And I'm going to throw it out there. That's why I think it's disgusting. Yeah. I'm disappointed. This one is just, it's it it has no flavor, no body. It has a beautiful color. So it ranks better than this cream more. Uh, Yeah, no, it's past the Oktoberfest at least. So let's put it in ranking order. But that's the reason I'm making this facial expression. I refuse to finish that one. The presentation on this, visually, this is nice. This is exactly what I want to look at when I see a Marzen. But you would expect more. Well, you know what it is? is you thing. expect more because you expect that it should have a full body taste yeah. as a Marston. And it does not. No. It has no flavor. It tastes like chalk. Yeah, I'm it, sorry. It just... And, and right here. And you're right. It, on the center right of your tongue yeah. and the roof of your mouth, it's like there's That's this it. little thing that's sitting there and you're kind of like, ah, yeah, yeah. yeah like it's gross. It's yeah. like you put a thin mint in and it's not dissolving. Um, Scott, so I know we have two beers left. I am sorely disappointed with this year's Oktoberfest pickings. Yeah, I am. This Last is... year we had, I'm sorry, we had a hard time picking what was our favorite. This year, just from the four we've tried, the Rogue's Farm is kind of killing all of them. And I'm not saying that the 100th Marine is bad. Yeah. I think so far it is a great second place. Yeah. But this is a wonderful first place. These two are garbage. Well, I've got it. And I'm I've... very sorry, Brewers. Very sorry, I'm not trying to be a bitch, but seriously, Cream no. Springs, this is a piece of garbage, well, and I'm very sorry, Bo's all natural, but this tastes like piss water. Based on the label, I'm pretty sure I have had an IPA by Bose before. No, Bose does a lot of stuff. And, I know we've had other stuff by And Bose. I'll mention now that I do have two things still in the cellar that I can bring out because these are so disappointing. Okay. Well, we've, let's get to these yeah. two we'll first. Do, we'll do the two in front of us, and I'll go and I'll go grab the other and ones. It's... If, if, just to, just to say. You know what? I think I'm disappointed by it. The fact on the bottle, it says seasonals fall. That doesn't even taste like fall. No. Like, I had the Octo, I had the Oktoberfest down at Say What? Not last night? What's today? Monday? Monday. Today's Monday. Saturday night. And it has this delicious oak flavor just throughout it. Like, it is a very woody beer. It is very nice. It's got this nice little zip to it right at the beginning and just a little bit of citrus at the end. It is a good fucking beer. And it is better than both of those combined. Oh, God. Like, it just sounds better. Yeah. Mind you, anytime anything's aged in oak, you usually get something generally yeah. with a strong flavor. I'm not saying it's a great flavor. It's a strong flavor. But that's a sell. That's, like, this that's is, usually a good thing. These are... I don't understand why you would market these as seasonals, because these are not... These are something, I'm sorry, I can pick up at an LCBO, yeah. like a regular grocery store even. Sort they of are not so particularly inventive that you would need to keep them for this time of year. You could make these at any time, and people would drink them. Well, here's the thing. One thing I kind of, I'm always looking for is there's a, um, okay, I'm trying to remember the name of it, but it's this German brewery, and they make Marzen, and it's it's smoked. And that has set the bar on Marzen so high for me that I'm like, oh, it's a Mars and I'm going to like it, and then this has just sucked the wind right out of me. It sounds like me and stout. Yeah. Because I've had like I've had good stouts over the years. Yeah. But the thing is, on the island, you have access to basically three stouts. You have access to Guinness, because that is reality. 
you have access to one import stout, which nine times out of ten is St. Ambrose, and the other tenth of a time it's Innocent Gun. Mm-hmm. And either are good. I mean, Innocent Gun does a very good oatmeal stout. Oh, it's delicious. Yeah. yeah. It is such, there's such a nice oatmeal flavor to that, that you could practically see it as breakfast. Oh, yeah. And then you had, because they changed it, they eventually renamed it as a dark beer. Yeah. But the Gahan, which is a local brewery on the island, had their Iron Horse stout. Oh, God. It tasted like one, glue. One time I had it. Seriously? Ow. Yeah, no, that is not a stout. Uh. It doesn't taste like a stout. It doesn't look like a stout. It tasted like fucking glue. I, I was so pissed when they renamed it as a dark. <laughs> How dare you? Yeah. Well, it's like, no, you know what? I'll at least accept that. It is a dark beer. It is a dark beer in color. Yeah. But this was never a stout. Why did you call this a stout? Like, yeah. I didn't even... It's rare that I will not finish beer. I didn't finish the beer the first time I had it. I wound up going to their amber because their amber's pretty good. Fuck. All right. So, uh, next question is from Jess. What, Jeff, what is the next episode about? I don't know yet. I gotta, I gotta send some emails around. Pornography. Pornography. Next question. Deal. Hey, Mecca Jeff. We're doing an episode on pornography. <laughs> and you know her, how women are when it comes to battery-operated things, so you better be there. Oh, Destiny sucks. Sam, you haven't even seen it. You need to inform your hate. <laughs> wow, that is a lot of head. Um, oh, this is, this is heavy. <laughs> Wow. That's wow. why this episode is going to be about pornography. Also, honey, I don't need to make informed decisions because I've had to listen to you for eight fucking years tell me Destiny is a piece of garbage. Why do people watch this? And oh my god, I'm sorry, Jeff. Destiny, you know what? Tarata proved it. Yeah. Destiny is salvageable. Destiny is not so bad that it cannot be fixed. The issue is the people behind it. See, what little I've watched of Destiny, I kind of wanted to murder everyone, especially that pink-haired broad. I oh, really God. wanted her yeah, to no. die in a fire. Marcus? She's a piece of shit. Yes, she is. But, okay, do you want me to give you a brief on Destiny, why it's bad? Yes. Okay. Sorry, Jeff. The director and his wife have two personal favorite characters, Lacus and Kira. The cast... Oh, vomit. Don't like either of those characters. So halfway through Except the series... Except the fan base loved them. Yeah. So halfway like through Japanese the series, like the okay. je- like, or new type subscribers, I should say. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. key. Because that trying to figure qualifies. out how Lacus is even a fucking human being. She's not. Right. She's a pop star. Yeah. No, but I just. Ugh. But the result is halfway through the series, with constant conflict between the staff, who feel the characters are being poorly written, turned into villains for no reason. Their actual justifications, like Shin's hatred for the military, especially after that fucking let's shoot civilians bit, which is perfectly justified, is treated as though it's completely unnecessary. All of a sudden, you have a complete shift in characters, where now Shin's the bad guy, Kiriyamato is the good guy who can do no wrong, and despite his only kill on record being a functionally innocent individual who was driven mad by a machine, that is justified, and a kill shot that should have ended him is miraculously stopped by a toggle switch that pre- that prevents his reactor from exploding. That sounds really fucking stupid. It's awful. It's dumb. And the result was Tarada, God bless the man, the one of the producers for Super Robot Wars, he managed to get the license as process of creating all the Super Robot Wars games. He got Destiny. And he's like, I'm Because he's make... got a good working relationship with Bandai. Yep. Yes, he does. Well, yeah, because Ben Presto is a derivative, but at the same time, well, he still the... gets along well with everybody above him. And he went, okay, I'm going to take Destiny and I'm going to retool the plot. I'm... So Shin has Camille 
from Zeta Gundam as I've his best before. friend. And so when Shin starts to crack up, Camille's like, no, dude. Dude. I've been there. Stop it. Dial Stop it that. back. And the result is, all of a sudden, Kiri Yamato seems far crazier. Amaro Ray, you know, the legitimate pseudo-space Jesus, the guy that we have seen come through hell and back, calls Kira on his shit. The first appearance of Amaro Ray in fucking Z is him in a Mark II. Kira shows up in the strike, and Amaro's like, you're crazy. <laughs> stop that. Now, I've got to keep you in line. And Kira's like, you can't stop me. I've got the strike. Nobody can stop me. And Amaro's like, yes, I'm in a ridiculously outdated mobile suit. Yes, it's a Titans Mark II, and there's a billion other suits better than that. But I'm Amaro fucking Ray. And watch me bitch slap. Oh, he beats the hell. Specifically, See, when I ran thing. that mission. Specifically, when I ran that mission. Nobody fought Kira but Amaro. I yeah. moved the rest of my team away. And I moved Amaro in, and without mods, Amaro beat Kira. See, Tarada fixed it, the fandom loved it, and Fukuda and the rest were like, no, 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 no. Your fanfiction is getting in the way of our because, vision. You know, when I was going to anime conventions, so Seed obviously came after Wing. I watched all of Wing. I thought Wing was a jolly good time. I can't go back to it. <laughs> I can't I go try. back to it either. Um, I Scott try, and I have God, tried I try. on occasion, and we just can't. I, we like that. We, we we love it in the nostalgia sense. Yeah, but, but well, here's back. the thing. This Christmas, I'm gonna try to watch Endless Waltz again. Endless it's, Waltz is still watchable, at least. Endless the Waltz. Series. I'm not gonna lie. That movie was fucking gorgeous for its time. Well, the quality of it. Beautiful. It was intense. Um, but but yeah. Moving I, forward to see it is just. Uh, but you know what it is? It was weird to see a bunch of girls at anime conventions dressed up as Lacus. And I kind of just wanted to walk up to each fucking girl and go, are you fucking stupid? Yeah. Like, do you not understand? And that one guy. <laughs> do you not understand, like, how... Yeah, Sean. How horrible of a fucking human being she is. Like, oh, she's a bitch! She is a horrible person. And it's sad because Gundam, the one thing I will pride Gundam for is the fact that they usually do write really good female characters. They may not yeah. always be likable, but they usually have good reasons for why they're doing what they're doing based on some of the stuff I've seen. Well, like, you know what? Make fun of Rain all you want in G Gundam. She's actually pretty awesome as a character. And the last well, episode with her... With anybody Rain, and Al with and Rain and Alan, Alan B. Anybody Alan B. wants to make fun of Rain, they can say it to my fucking face. I And I love both of them. I thought like, Alan B. was fantastic. I thought Rain was great. Like, if you're only going to have two girls in a show, yeah. Rain and Alan B. are Rain them. Rain has legitimate guilt yep. because of her father's actions. Legitimate guilt over her own attachment to Domon. Yeah. But Rain still stands strong as a character. Rain doesn't you know fuck what? the first episode. She's the only reason he lives through it. Yeah, I, I, and it was brilliant. And yeah. like, I loved the last episode with the two. I'm like, no, Scott and I weren't going to do that at the wedding. But I loved that. You know, she still gave Domon a chance. She could have walked away, considering how. And I, I used to get mad because Domon treats her like a piece of shit, and yeah. it drove me nuts because it's like, girlfriend, you are fucking better than that. You could have any piece of ass you want. Yeah. You want this guy because clearly your logic is you can change him. She's one of the few women who I can honestly say successfully did it. Well, she but did. But change him for the better. She only changed him in that she made him finally come to terms with Figure what he actually said. Yeah. Like that whole speech of, you know, I'm a fighter. The only way I know how to express myself is to fight. Yeah. And, it, and it was great. It was the, so good. The Sekiha love love Tenkyo Ken. You know what? <laughs> it's cheesy. Oh, it's cheesy as fuck. <laughs> But it is a beautiful, beautiful scene. Like, oh, yeah. this is a scene I come back to. G Gundam, like, Tony is watching G Gundam right now, and I constantly tell her, this is the fun one. Yeah. And then something horrible happens, and I remind her, no, 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 no. 
This is the one that everybody says is the fun one. She hasn't seen 49 yet. She hasn't been halfway through the series. 49, I cry at. Yes, I did too. Every time. I did too. Because it hurts. But you know what? The end of the series? The end of the series when Rain breaks out of the Devil Gun of Control? If you are crying, it's acceptable. Because it's really hard. It's a poignant scene. It is a scene rife with pathos. Even just, you know, even with the stuff with Allenby. Yeah. It's easy to have sympathy for her. It's not like she has a If you a don't say I love you, I won't be able to Dude. move on. Yeah, like, yeah. oh! And, like, I think that's why it's just I had such a hard time with Arcus. It's like, I don't get where we went from Emma Sheen, Haman, um, even fucking Relina. Okay, yeah. even Relina, not the greatest well, character, but Relina has but, you, but at the same reasons. time, you've got Relina balanced with knowing, with, with Dorothy, Sally, yeah. with, with Dorothy, the rest of the female with... cast, fucking Hildy. Like, Hildy. I loved Hildy. Yeah. Um, and it's like, you know what? I'm sorry, but Gundam is one of the few animated series that does women right yeah. the majority of the time. And you know what? Lacus was a slap in the face. And Lacus that's why I couldn't. Character. And that's why I couldn't get very far in that series. Mm. It was like, for me, it's like, I already didn't like Kira. Kira just was moronic. Kira's not Ashwin, an interesting character. Ashwin had nothing going for him, based on what I saw. He he never acquires it. He never gets it. That's even yeah. better. Yeah. Um, that just proves my point that I don't need to watch anymore. No, you of really it. don't. Um, and it's. Do you know the intent behind? I don't. The and... objective was to make a new Gundam for a new generation. The objective was basically to revitalize Mobile Suit Gundam. Like, let's re-release seventy nine in a way the new generation will understand. It's the second time they tried that. Because yeah. the first time wasn't even a Gundam series. It was fucking Dragonar. Well, it's just the dra Dragonar, Dragonar was good! Dragonar was fun! But, I mean... If, at some point, we'll let you listen to the theme. Dragonar's theme is wonderful. It's high energy. It is... It's a good show. But even... Like, I'm sorry. If that's the revitalization... That, that's they a, failed. That's a slap in the face, considering then they went into Double O, which, from what I saw from that, seemed a million times better. I'm not saying it was perfect from what mm. I saw... But it was first season was solid gold. A million times yeah. better. Also, woman at the helm, awesome. Yep. Sumeragi. She was great. If anybody wants to tell me Sumeragi is anything less than an amazing character, again, you can say that to my face. And this is the thing: it's like giant robot anime for the most part does women pretty damn good. Yeah. Other than Tessa from Full Metal, uh, what is it, Full Metal Panic? She was garbage. Um, well, but you know what? What is her name? Chittery? I actually liked her, but she was a psycho. Yeah. She was just, she played off of an equally psychotic character with Sosuke. Well, you've heard the rumors for what Emma was supposed to turn into in regards to before yes, the end of the series. Yes, Scott has told me that, yeah. and I was a little heartbroken. A well, little when I found first. that out, because it's like, no, you know what? I would have loved to have seen Emma continue on. Emma was an amazing character. Her death scene, from what I understand, is really, really it hurts. heartbreaking. It hurts. It really I haven't gotten genuinely yet, causes that's pain. that's the one we need to go back to and finish. I think we finished the first box set. Yeah, we're halfway. Zeta Gundam. Zeta Gundam cuts like a fucking knife so I've right heard, near the end. I've heard that, and I've heard Victory also cuts like a fucking well, knife. Victory Gundam is it, actually more vicious to a point, because Victory Gundam, like... Well, Zeta, here's the thing. Zeta is fine, and then you get to the last eight episodes or so, and, and it's, it's just, just like, boom, 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 boom bodies boom. hit the ground. Victory? It is. It is a death of a thousand cuts. It is like people die constantly. It is every is three no episodes. Episode. Like you'll you'll spend every third episode or so. You'll be like, I have learned a lot about this character. I have come to love other words, this character. And oh god, oh god, no, no, don't do that to her. Not uh, no. So in other words, 
basically, I should never get attached to anybody. The launch platform scene oh, in that Victory was the Gunner, which thing. serves no purpose other than to be a vicious shit. Yeah. So, in other words, whoever made Victory Gundam was a masochist. He he was having some he was having a rough go of it. Tamino, it's still Tamino. Oh, I didn't realize that. Well, he he's he's alongside the way I've sort of interpreted his output is that he's kind of a long cycle manic depressive. That would make sense with some. I mean, I don't I don't necessarily like to psychoanalyze other people based on their work. It doesn't always work. It does it doesn't make sense. But he tends to follow a really upbeat show with something that is. Just painful and depressing throughout. So how do you explain the transition from Wing to X? Because both of those had, like, Wing had its uppity moments, well, and then Tamino... it had its really, really depressing moments, and then X was just really depressing from what I saw. Well, okay, here's, well, from Wing, what I saw, and, I Wing and X did not have Tamino involved. Oh, that's fantastic then. Okay, that, obviously these are things as a Gundam noob I wouldn't know. So, okay, um, so I this... just watch the shows, I don't know anything about the people behind them. So, so the thing about, so the thing about Tamino is he tends to, he tends to cycle out between upbeat stuff and dark stuff, and maybe, and I don't want, and maybe he's not mentally ill. Maybe he, but a lot of things, he does not respond well to a stressful work environment. So, Victory was the first show he did directly where his boss was actually a toy company prior to that he had decades of working through an animation studio so he would have he would have a producer above him who would interact with the toy companies for him interesting and now his producer was a toy company mm -hmm. and he did not respond well to that work environment so it just kept so he he and you know maybe he was in a bad place in his general life but it it didn't end well for a lot of characters because of it it just sounds like bodies hit the floor oh but bodies hit the floor in that show and so wing and x is um there's there's almost sort of a punk hippie cycle see cuz I, I don't Gundam understand the... that arose almost in imitation of tomino's uh, okay. manic depressive nature where sure uh, uh you know, Wing was led by a stoic, so they had a slightly more hot-blooded character come in in X, which was then um, because I guess that followed I'm not by a pure this, hippie in uh, Seed. Um, the only reason I was asking and I didn't realize Tomino had nothing to do with those two is just those two have some of the weirder atmospheres in a Gundam show. Because usually Gundam shows, there's one thing I've noticed, is most of them have a certain beat to them. And those two were really well. Unique. Wing and Wing and X were the only ones that were arc oriented, where well, they you were could break oriented. it up into thirteen episode yeah. chunks. They were arc like arc oriented. X also had the misfortune of having itself killed before it was well, anywhere near its actual I, finish. Like I said, I only got well, to see a bit of that one. X X also, but did X also benefited from having exactly one writer? Yeah, That's one story thing. credit, one episode writer credit for the entire run. I just thought, like I said, Wing had just some of the weirdest beats. Like, to be honest, if if anything, that the White Earth... Wolf arc should have just went out yeah. in the toilet. Like, that was a piece of garbage. The Earth changes hands six times <laughs> in the run of a year, and there is no civilian revolt. It kind of just... You know. Everybody just shrugs it off and ignores it like it's fucking nothing. This is why I can't go back to it. Because I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. If your government underwent a revolution twice right. in a year... Like, you file your taxes with the Federation Alliance. You realize, like... And then cash your paychecks from Oz the next week, and you're like, what the fuck? It's a little yeah. terrifying how we all went from being like, yay, Wing was fun, it made Gundam cool on TV, yay! 
Um, and then you realize all the plot holes. You're just yeah. like, holy crap. Like, well, here's you the thing up, is... You look back on it. <laughs> I mean, you know the director what? flat out says that he didn't intend for there to be any homosexual subtext between any of Catherine the and Troa, specifically. Or anyone. Yeah. Well, let's face it. Like... Well, he was interested in kind of tight- tightening the UC timeline down to a weekend. Yeah, but it's like you can't take 79 and Zeta and compress it into a single show. Well, let's face it, the homosexual undertones with Kadra and Tro, I think, was such an accident in so many ways, because when you look at the plot lines of the two characters, they just want to be friends in their own weird, like, Tro not so much, but Kadra, it's all about, he just has no friends, he's yep. lived his life with women. Yep. He doesn't know any well, better, and Troa is like, I'm how... an idiot, and no. I have no social skills. Neither of them can relate to other men, is and, the thing. Yeah. And then I'm going to get retconned into the fact that I apparently stole another guy's identity, and therefore I have even less personality. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's problematic, and it's it's a case of you kind of, you can sympathize, but you can totally see why fangirls totally wanted to see the two of them get in each other's pants, because they could relate to each other. It's like... I still don't kind of get the hero duo one. That one's always weirded me out. Okay. So we're... we're, we're so new beer. New beer. This is Cameron's uh, Resurrection Bro it is Rogan beer. I cannot see my fingers through the glass. That is delightfully cloudy. This is unfiltered awesome, I think. Like, this is a brown storm is what I'm looking it's got at a, here. It's very fragrant, actually, though. So this is oh, a... Oh, wow. This is a wow. rye lager. Old, very old. That would old. be why. Yeah, very old German recipe from before uh, the purity oh. laws came in. You want to take a deep breath on that. Oh, God, this smells... Uh, like... Here's hoping this nice. can make up for the... For two I'm not going to drink too, too much, just because like I said, I do get to get up in the morning. I've had a sip. That's delicious. Um, oh, oh, that is flavorful. It sits nicely on the tongue. Oh, God. It that sits is... nice on the roof of your mouth. Yeah. I'm getting spicy. I'm getting fruity. I'm yeah. getting... It's got a little bit of everything. Bitter. I'm getting a little sweet. Oh, God. This is... This is lovely. Uh, this might be the winner for the day. Oh, my God. Sorry, Rogue Farms. <laughs> um, we still got one more to try, but that's nice. illegal in 1516. Yeah. One sec. I'm going to pick up the bottle. I'm going to read this out loud for those at home. Rogan Bears was declared illegal in 1516 by the Germanic Lords. The Bavarian Purity Law outlawed the use of rye for brewing beer. We have resurrected this lost style to create a very refreshing, sessionable, and smooth ale. And it is remarkably <laughs> smooth. It is. Like, that's the thing. I'm getting I'm getting everything on the palate. Yeah. But it still finishes well. Yeah. You know what? And it's funny because considering how, you know, it's like I said, it's really fragrant. Um, and it's a heavy smell. Yeah. But when it goes down, that heaviness is non-existent. Mm. It almost feels really light. It's got a bit of an airiness to it, which is really great. Very full-bodied. Um, and I love the fact that it's not heavy going down, because when you compare it to the last one we had, that one was really, really, I'm assuming it was this one, right? Yeah. Um, that one there felt heavy going down, and it stuck to your palate, which I'm not fond of. I don't like when a beer sticks to my palate. This one, just enough of an aftertaste. I would Doesn't be overstay its welcome. For me, that is. I would be fine if it stuck to my palate if it was a good taste. That's what I mean. And in this case... Yeah. That's fine. The little bit of the aftertaste you get is just enough. It's not overpowering. The, yeah, the bow is all natural. That was a little overpowering because that felt sticky. Yeah. So right now you are in the first place. <laughs> all right. So um, I'll take a moment now to thank uh, Lee for funding today's excitement. Once again, Lee, thank you very much. You have instilled your personhood for another year. Yes. 
I'm, I'm sorry. Thank you, whoever you are. Lee is one of our regulars. He, he is Yay! a fan of ours. We do bump um, into him on occasion. I'm sorry, but he I'm does, not on the show he, very often. He funds our beer habit more than anything. Yep. Thank you. Wonderful guy. Great company. I'm sorry, I didn't know who you were. So our next, I'm not on the show enough. Well, so, come to AN some year. You'll meet him. Uh, so our next question like is now. from our from Oscar. Who, Hi, Oscar. Who wants to know what made you start this podcast? How do you come up with episode ideas? And have you had ideas that just didn't pan out? So, Well, a long time ago, in a galaxy far, far away, Scott was approached by an old magician Yes, with a couple droids, and he said, look, you need to pull this lightsaber out of this rock. So Scott just turned the fucking thing on, and he's like, congrats, you're allowed to make a podcast. Well, okay. That's how that, go- that's that's how that went, really right? That's not really how it goes. So how it goes is this. is um, Basically, anything you see me do on in the public sphere comes from the motiva- a simple motivating factor called you know what, fuck it, I'm going to do this myself, but with blackjack and hookers. I see something out there, and I say, you know what, I'll start my own, and I'll do it the way I want. It's not just that, you are also getting frustrated by the fact that any Tom, Dick, and Harry could give themselves a blowjob and make an episode. And let's face it, a lot of podcasts out there, they don't put the time and effort, and I'm, I'm going to toot my own horn because he is my husband, um... The amount of effort that Scott puts in, um, not shitting you, he puts a lot of effort into making sure that you, you get a fun experience on top of the fact that the audio is amazing, uh, it's really clear, it's beautiful, um, and you know what? Just, like, fuck you people who think you can just make a podcast out of your ass. I'm sorry, but you want to know why we keep going? It's because we have fucking fun. Yeah. I will sit here on this side of the table. I will give this man mad props, because you seriously do a fantastic job. You don't know how much of this shit hits cutting room. You have no idea the crazy crap that I will just spout off like a lunatic and then have to message him afterwards and be like, do you mind retracting that? Because I didn't actually mean that. I just went off on a tangent. If any of you have listened to my own show where I don't fucking edit it, guess what? You can see that kind of crazy. And this is not easy. This is not simple by any stretch. Well, the story I always tell people, this is the one thing I will say, is that take the runtime on this. Just whatever this comes out to being. Hour, hour 15, let's say. I think we're well over that. I'm well, not gonna the, lie. the final product, let's say. Just take the runtime of the final product. Triple that. Yep. That is the amount of time I have spent staring at buttons and bars and... And yelling at me. And, and tools and shouting at Sam and the fact that um is the loudest word she will say which throws off the levelator. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's true though, actually. I don't know how many times I've been yelled at for that. Like, I can't help it. It's just naturally a part of who I am. Hell, cutting up anything that's where it's unnecessary instances of like or um or uh or it's standard impossible. speech. It's yeah. impossible. And but... ju- that is the amount of time I put into an episode. That's why I can't go to weekly and... Basically, I got sick of hearing people doing it. Doing it badly. I was listening to a lot of podcasts. Yes, you were. And I was sitting here, list- and I, I and I heard good shows that were overproduced. And I heard, heard shows that are just completely half-baked. They, they go to the public half-baked. And I'm like, you know what? Fuck all y'alls. I'm gonna do this myself. And and this is the thing, you know, you can get mad at Scott for being apparently all liberal and whatever <laughs> you want. But I know how much work he goes into because I'm the person that sees it every single day. And I'm the person that has to explain it to a lot of people. You know, there's it's magic in the sense that he can sit there for hours on end and just figure it all out. Truthfully, I don't have the patience for it. 
I don't because I'd look at the levelator and go, what the fuck are you? I'm going to put it all the way up <laughs> and see what it does. And he would tell me politely, honey, that's not how it works. Yeah. Um, He's been at this a long time. I mean, we've been at it as long as we've been together. Well, four years. I've been listening for ten, ten. I guess. But I've been working at it for four now. I mean, the only reason the name came up was it was a joke. Yeah, the the name was literally... Um, we our... couldn't think of anything, and a friend of ours were like, you're smelly. Well, you're no. smelly, too. <laughs> no, no. Okay, the the story goes, this is uh, Scott Douglas, who you can hear in older episodes of the show, and He's maybe smart. one day he'll regain enough sanity to come back to us. One, one day. <sighs> and we were like, we were shooting around in Google Wave. Yes, if were. you remember that service. Yes, you were. We No, it was a Google group, I'm sorry. It was, it was something. And, and we were shooting ideas around, and he said, you know what, we need a name that sounds catchy once and gets annoying immediately. And, and he we were talking went, about smelly things, too. And he was talking about how Sam was smelly. <laughs> he was. Like, yeah, you're smelly. And I yeah. said, you're smelly and ugly. And we got to, I thought they smelled bad on the outside. And then we were like, wait, there's a clip for that. Well, and no, my well, my immediate reaction was, of course. Tauntauns. Well, um, to, some, of, some of my style is stolen from shows I still listen to now. Or wish I could still listen to now. And something that I admire in Gundam, from the MAHQ official podcast, is the fact that Solbro will sit down and pull clips from movies with the phrase, Gun, Goddamn. And he will cut in the gun, the, the syllable gun from the old British gunpla ads from the, from the, from the early 2000s when Wayne was big. There was an English announcer trying to get people to, you know, do gun down. It was gun, it was gundam action was the phrase he, how he, the, uh, the voiceover guy pronounced it. So he takes that gun sound and he slaps it into those movies and I'm like, I do not want to put quite that much time into a stinger. But you know what? But I'm going to steal the Harrison Ford quote and have that be the smash cut we leave on. But you know what? At the, at the end of the day, to be a good podcast, it's something you have to work at. I'm not on these episodes a lot because there are just topics I just don't have a fucking clue on. And I don't give any shits about. I'm sorry. I love you and I married you. I know you love Star Wars. What the fuck do I know about Star Wars that isn't... I'm a Wookiee! Yeah. Um, and I'm okay with that. Like, we are apples and oranges in those situations, but I would never make him sit down and have a podcast with me about YA. It just would never happen. And I'm well, okay with that, too. Yeah. Well, we will do The Hunger Games One at day. some point. One day. The movies are pretty good. Oh, and that's it. Is they're, they're, they're good, and I see that they could be great, and I yeah. just want them to get there. Poor Lenny Kravitz. And well, and here's it. I love how he looks in those movies, actually. I really liked his character. Well, and okay, there there are two other questions here. Is um, how do we come up with episode ideas? And it is literally, hey, this is a thing. I like it and or hate it. Who else in the who else in my immediate circle also likes and or hates it? Can we rant about it for half an hour? We could copy paste this as a fucking. Facebook pet chat because that's what it is. Like there are literally there are moments where we've been just been the Dragon Ball inspired rant between you, me, and Moharub. Yes, that was episode. literally a Facebook group rant that I said we can do an episode about this. Let's fucking well, do and it. And sometimes that's all you need. Yeah, like we're not a show where. You know, we have... We don't come in scripted. We don't come in outlined. Beyond... Oh, shit, no. Well, okay, I come in with how I'm going to lead into it. 
and maybe one thing I definitely well, want to say. Let's put it this no. way. Compare it to your other show, Active Topical Banter. That yes. one actually has a bit of a script to it because there is a divisive way in which we have to plan the topic and figure out what kind of notes we want to hit based on what kind of topic we're facing that And week. some of that is, and I don't, and that's not exactly scripted, but I can very reliably know what my co-hosts will bring up and say if I offer a topic. Well, let's face it, you also know your co-hosts yeah well i know those yeah. i know those three people very well so i don't have to script it as hard as i would if i was pulling in randos from rp gamer every week to do it there's a reason why we haven't done that and there's a reason why we will never do that yeah there are a couple of people i will bring in eventually on that show like becky or glenn becky or glenn maybe but there's a reason maybe why it's a that you don't like adrian denowden <laughs> hey well, we'll, but there's a reason why it's a closed circle, and we'll keep that way. But I mean, we couldn't script half of the shit that goes down on this. Well, and the reason, and the reason why there is the pre-credits clip, the reason why that exists, is because there's always one thing in in that little twelve to twenty minutes of of just warm up time I give I give my crew that I want to save. Well, it doesn't always need the context. It does. I don't always want to save the context of it, but there's that thirty seconds of Jeff and Justin are nope. doing a Jabba the Hut bit, and it's someone funny. need yeah. everyone needs to hear that. You couldn't call that. I would never have expected that. I didn't. It was not within the realm of knowledge I have to believe Mohara could do such a great Jabba voice. Yeah, especially in convincing Huddies. Well, even just. Situations where apparently Jeff needs new ringtones. Like, yeah, yeah. I am the type of person I just talk. I don't think a lot of the time before I talk for this show. Active topical banter. That's a fifty-fifty situation. Sometimes I'm very thoughtful, and sometimes I'm just like, "Fuck this shit." I don't yeah. care. Um, most of the time, though, I'm obnoxious. I'm not very friendly. Everyone thinks I'm the friendly one. I'm not. I'm actually not. Well, that's because I go out of my way to be combative. This is true. You're a very combative husband. Um. And yeah, like, we just, we have a lot of fun, and I think that's kind of the important thing. Like, we put out quality, we like to have different guests on occasion when we can swing it. Sometimes really is a case of you get Jeff, Jim, and Justin. Yeah. That's okay, too. I love those guys. I pee my pants every time, because it's funny. Um, I and mean, honestly, to, and you've got the lovely job of, of fucking hurting cats, because you're the one who's got to try and keep us well, in line well, And that's time. the thing is, and, you know, obviously... And, and something I do want to address on the air is, Dan, you're a great guy. But right now, you're new. And I'm not up for training a podcaster right now. And I don't need to do it with five other guys on the mics. So It's hard. It, it's yeah. hard. Keep at it. It's hard? I'll keep you in the loop, but don't be too sad if you maybe get left out of a few email chains. Yeah. But, I mean, by the other side of it, I was new when you asked me. Yeah. Granted, Some... you had to put up with my shit at the panel. So. Well, see, here's the thing. You had panel experience, which another <coughs> thing I'll mention is that AN panels, as I was experiencing them, inspired me to do this in, a li in, in some way. Like, I appreciate the fan panel tracks at cons. Yeah. And you'll see that that's how I, a lot of what I come to is, you know what, what would my AN panel for a Lord of the Rings movie discussion run like? Yep. And that'll be an episode. Yeah. I did a professional panel, remember that? Or oh, what you didn't come. I was doing another you thing. You were doing a different panel. I did a professional panel. Those are lame. Yeah. They're oh, not yeah. fun to do. No. Yeah. 
Especially because my co-host was a psycho. Yeah. That's tragic. And really, honestly, there are things... in other situations, it'd be fine, but I... My co-host and I, she was fucking egotistical and it drove Us on the Gundam panel? Yeah. We're fucking amazing. Oh yeah, like, no, I've, like, I've been I feel to one bad. of the Gundam panels Well, before. I feel In bad for any two yeah. people that, is, that get assigned to us. They're like, you're screwed, sorry. That's why I like Johnny B. Because Johnny B will actually step up and speak between us. Yeah. <laughs> and that, Johnny B, I don't know if you listen to this man, but you're, you're fucking awesome and I respect you for this. Especially, shows up in a fucking Zaku helmet and yeah. a suit. Yeah. That's amazing. That's some amazing stuff yeah. right there. And, and at the same time, like, Johnny B will try to play to our game. Yeah. I feel bad for Sean. I feel, but yeah. I have no. I pity. like Sean. Sean's a good guy, but it's like, dude, you gotta speak up. And then you get like Claire, who will make a point of leaving some room for Claire. Yeah. And then there's like Ivan. Well, Claire's gives... had to put up with my crap for years, so she yeah. knows. Basically, when it comes to you and I, she knows what she's getting into because she knows me quite well. In fact, her birthday was actually on the 11th. Yeah. So yeah. happy um, birthday, Claire. Yeah. And then there's Ivan, who just doesn't care, and I'm like, you know what, I'm glad you're around to make sure these panels keep happening by signing up for them. He brings merch. Motherfucker has MS war, man. Yeah, I know. Like... Not just that you, I mean, if you have paneling experience, it can be helpful. Really? I'm not saying it is, but, but it can she, be. It, it helps you figure out how to do it. And the other thing is, I guess the last question on Oscar's little tweet is, have we had ideas that don't pan out? Yes. yes. <laughs> Plenty. Some of them still kind of make it out there halfway. Some of them are just like, hey, I want to talk about this thing. I can't find two guys to do it. Oh, well. Well, Um, the Dragon Ball episode kind of petered out. We wound up basically twisting the argument in on itself until we had enough of a tirade to say something. Sometimes that's just how it goes, though. Sometimes you can have a discussion just completely fizzle, and it it just happens. And there's not much you can do about it, because in some cases... You it's may have said all the material. points yeah. that you wanted to say, or, you know, it's the, a dry spell. The last Scott and Jim power hour stemmed out from the fact that nobody else could show up. I don't... What was I doing? Uh, I'm sorry, it's... No, this was before you started school, but I think you were... I was out. I must you were have been out. out. Yeah, Jeff wasn't available. Mohara wasn't in as frequently at that point. Dan wasn't in at all back yeah. then. So it was just you and I, and it was like, we need to do an episode. Fuck it! We're doing it live. Like, fuck it, we'll figure something out. Yeah. And it was, it was, you know what? Summer of Mecca is something I love to do, but it does drain me. Well, it fizzles. some of your choices. You don't include mine. It can fizzle out based on what's available, based on subjects we want to touch Like, on. I wanted, like, I really wanted to talk about um, Buddy Clump Complex because I, I hate-watched seven episodes of that show. Jesus. And I was just like, I couldn't find the people who were in the same, who were in a compatible mindset to do a show, let's say. Because I, everyone I talk about, talk to about Body Complex is like, I has heard of it and has not watched it, or watched all of it and was kind of okay with it, and I'm like, we can't talk about that. I looked at it and went, this doesn't look like for me, so I never tried it. Well, here's the thing about Buddy Complex. Buddy Complex will, at the start of an episode, or, or well, here's the thing. The first episode is really good. And then the first episode of, of each show will float an idea that is interesting. Mm. And do you know what it'll do with that idea? Nothing. Ignore it in favor of ge- doing generic Sunrise Mech Show bullshit. See, if like, I... Like, it's like, hey, <sighs> you've got an interesting premise here. Oh, no, never mind. Oh, hey, 
You've introduced a new idea to the framework of the premise you're ignoring, and what are you going to do? Oh, it's an aerial mech fight over the Pacific Ocean, while two characters on opposite sides of the war shout their names at each other! But <sighs> Kira... Athrin! Yeah! Uh, fuck. 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 What? How dare Strut Seed be successful as to I don't understand why! I don't get it! How it dare that enjoyable. show be good enough to spawn a family of tropes that I have to put up with 15 years later? See, the one thing I will say is a positive. I'm not seeing them immediately right now. I'm not seeing it in Jubreco. I didn't see it in Build Fighters, at least not in a way that didn't make sense. You know what? Yelling at your opponent when he's 10 feet fucking away from you, that's perfectly acceptable. Like, you met him in the green room. Yeah, exactly. Like... It's not in G-Reco at all. It was in Build Fighters in a way that made sense. Well, here's the thing. I tried to read Broken Blade. Have you, are you familiar? Okay. No. Okay, it's a manga. It also got an OVA. Okay. And it is, uh, it's kind of a, po it's, it's a, it's a fantasy mech show. And that in itself is not. Right? Like along the lines of Escaflone or what? Um, not, well, not Escaflone because it is entirely a second world fantasy. Oh, like, okay. there's, there's no one from Earth who goes there. It's not like Dunbiner Escaflone. It is just like, hey, this is a fantasy world. Hey, everyone's kind of a wizard. Yeah. Welcome the... to Middle Zealand. Yeah, you're, you're in Middle Zealand and there are giant robots and there's one guy who is not a wizard. It's a, it's a rare thing that just happens. You yeah. Know? It's, you're the one freak kid who is not a wizard. So he, he ends up finding a very old giant robot that does not require you to be a wizard to run it. So he ends up getting to join this um, th this war between two nations, and it's like, okay, so we've got this interesting hook where it's a fantasy show, and this guy's kind of a wizard, and maybe there's this post-apocalyptic element coming from the this old mecha he found, and the first thing they do is they introduce an enemy commander who is this character's friend from the academy, and I'm like, fuck you! Fuck you! Are we still talking about Seed? No, that's oh, the problem! That's the problem. We're talking about something else! Well, you know what? We're going to talk about beer. I'm going to go to the bathroom, then we're going to talk about beer. Okay. Because I've had a lot of beer. Yeah. So yeah, if you want to keep podcasting, keep at it. But put the effort in. Yeah. Also, the only reason Scott's been allowed to do this for over 100 episodes is because his wife... Tolerates my bullshit. I have, and I love you for it. Hey, you, you're my fan. I've always been your fan. I mean, for years, even when we started, just thinking about what you wanted to do for this, we had lots of talks about it. I don't know what I want to do. Well, let's just roll with something and see where it goes, and look what happened. Mm -hmm. And it's great. Also, I mean, I've always tolerated your bullshit. You know that. I wouldn't yeah. have married you otherwise. He's going to cut this part later, by the way. Yeah, it'll, it'll probably get in there. I know in February, I think we should do some sort of weird geek dating episode. The do's and don'ts of geek dating, because I can give you a million things of what to do and what not to do. I, I, you know, it is a, th well, here's the thing. Theoretically, we have wanted geek dating in that we are geek married now. We are geek married. This is pretty fantastic. So that puts us in a much better place than a thousand of the goddamn dating, tr the, the goddamn dating track at AN. It pisses me off. Can I say, what do you think spawned the whole dating track thing? I kind of well, don't here's understand the thing. it. I mean, I okay. get people want to date. But, I'm sorry, dating requires social skills. Yeah, well, okay, here's, here's what happened. I have none, but guess what? I figured it out. 
I I can see I can see the chain of events where okay they intro they 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 had a long running panel called how not to get a con girl yes I remember that and then they had one that's how to get a con well con here's the thing how not to get a con girlfriend was this funny thing where girls could get together on in front of a group and just sort of laugh off some in situations of the, some normal situations in their lives at cons. And it was, and that was fun. It was a great vent. It was a great thing for all the girls to get there, get together and chat and share stupid stories and just sort of celebrate their geek girlness. And then there was literally a, then this, after a few years, that, that, that was always a popular show. So they greenlit simultaneously how to actually get a geek girlfriend, how to get a con girlfriend, and launch geek speed dating. And those two things were ridiculously popular. And they've just sort of slowly taken over the weekend, and it's awful. And I need a drink because of it. So, in so other words, we what have... they want is people to have lots of sex at conventions now? First off, that's the easiest goddamn thing in the world. Ask you know, nice. <laughs> well, I was going to say, in most cases, most people would be willing to give it to you. Yeah. I don't know what the problem Excuse is. Excuse me, do you have a semi-warm orifice? <laughs> Come yes! On. Wonderful. Let's okay. have sex. Let's try that. So our next beer is Enigma Black Lager. Black Lager is a new style that's becoming increasingly popular. And you can tell. It's like a not stout, basically. Like, it's not, it's, it's lazy stout. But here's the thing. It, it comes with, uh, freedom from the requirements of stout. This is from Grand River Brewing in Cambridge, Ontario. And it smells like blackness. It smells like my soul. It smells like tar. And not like a negative way, but it's got like a buzz to it, but at the same time. It's a it's a heavy smell. Yeah. It's um it's kinda of bugging my nose a little. And I mean that in a bad way. But hopefully it tastes better than it looks. <sighs> Don't like this one either. Strong. I like that. I like the fact that it's got a strong taste. Actually, I'm a liar. The aftertaste is actually. See really here's the nice. thing, it finishes well. It finishes really well. It, it tastes weird going down. I can't pinpoint why I'm not fond of it going down. That sounds really wrong. I'm sorry. Uh, but the, You're not the, fond the, of something going down? What the fuck is wrong with fuck you? Fuck you, Jeff. Um, I'm Jim, damn it. I'm tired. You are Jim. I'm sorry. Damn it, Sam. I'm a Jim, not a Jeff. <laughs> oh, God. Tell me the battery. This actually reminds me a lot of that cold-brewed coffee and whiskey you've got upstairs. <laughs> I yes. think that tastes better. Oh, no, what he's got upstairs tastes infinitely better, but this reminds me a lot of it. It's like the easy mode version I of don't, that. Yeah. I don't hate this. I think this falls under, it's not my preference for beer. This is still the winner. Okay, well, I'm going to grab gonna, one more. We're going to rank them. Well, but I mean, like, right now, out of the six you started with, I'm gonna actually this is still the winner. Yeah, the, the resurrection. Here. Because somehow, I think... I think that is still three. Yeah. I think this is four. So no. we do have a couple more questions, still from Oscar. That's fine. Oscar would like to know if we are outgoing people. No. Jim is... Not a chance. <laughs> I don't talk to anybody. Jim never speaks to strangers. Um, outgoing people. He's Scott Pilgrim and I'm Stephen Stills. We <laughs> never fucking talk to people. Uh, see, here's the thing. I, I can do it. But in short bursts, I, I have what my I have what I call my extrovert batteries. I can run them for a few hours a day, but then I need to go hide in my basement for a week to recharge them. Actually, your biggest thing, and I've noticed this over the years, I'm your wife. I can say this. Yeah. If Scott likes you and has gotten to know you well enough, he will talk your ear off. 
If he is uncomfortable or does not like you, he will not say a word. I've known this for years because if somebody makes him uncomfortable, I can just tell by his behavior. Whereas me, I'll talk to anybody. Yep. Am I outgoing? I don't know. Husband, what do you think? What do you actually think about me? I'd like to hear your thoughts. I, I think you're a bit shy. I think you're you're a little more skittish than other people. But I think you're much more... I would say you're more approachable than I am. I would say you're much more willing to engage than I would be. I always tell people, and Scott is 100% right on the shy part. Well, and, and There are two kinds of shyness. People forget this. You are either the type of person who is afraid to engage, or you overcompensate. I'm in the overcompensate category. I will talk your ear off. The conversation may go nowhere. I am uncomfortable as fuck, but I'm still doing it. It's deflection. Yeah. And here's the thing. There, There is obviously a key part in brain, brain chemistry for me. So if you do come to AN or Fan Expo and bump into me, I will be much more willing to talk. And that is for two reasons. Well, you're more relaxed, first off. For well, all of the tension that we amp up in regards to AN, yeah. you're a lot more relaxed like, than that. Part of it is, I'm on vacation. Part yep. of it is, I'm either drunk, hungover, or caffeinated as a shit. All of these will get me much more vocal. Yep. That is true. And half the time you're around me, which means you got to put up with my shit, yeah. and I will talk to fucking anybody. Well, and keeping up with Jim has forced me to be a more social individual. Yep. But at the same time, I'm just, I will be standing, staring at a rack of DVDs, and I will strike up conversations with people. It's like, oh, you liked this. You Let's... fucking suck. Well, no, not even like, oh, hey, no, if, yeah. you're, if you're looking for Geass, have me, you tried? If you're, if, if you're looking for more shows like this thing, I know this thing, and you should try this thing. And if you're like, I'm looking, I, and if you're two teenage girls talking about Sea Destiny, I'm going to tell you, no, you're fucking Wrong. Um, Scott, you're just terrible with teen girls in general. Well, teen girls, fuck that. Actually, to <laughs> be honest, Scott, I'm not going to lie to you. You kind of suck with most girls, and it doesn't matter what age. Teen they have girl to be kind squad. of. Truthfully, for Scott, again, thing I notice, if the woman has nothing interesting to say, he won't talk to them. I, I have nothing interesting to say, and for some reason, he married me. The way I phrased it actually to Tony earlier in the week was, I find younger women, their brains are undercooked. And I can't stand it. I find that about younger men. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. And it's the truth. When it's... you hit the youth, it's like, it's not finished developing yet, so you don't really want to deal with it, because it's underdeveloped. It's like, you Sometimes know what? Sometimes you have sympathy for it. Sometimes you know what? You, you left when you were getting interesting. Yeah. Is a great element. Now, by the other side of it, I still have that story about missing out on a threesome with those two chicks in leather and PVC. So once in a while, interest is kind of relative. So the answer is, eh, if you get us on a good day. Yeah. Depends on which one of us you're putting up with. Are you putting up with me? Then yes. If you're putting up with the others, then it's it's relative to the scenario. If you ran into me alone, I'd be like, oh, oh okay, so coffee? <laughs> Coffee's a cool thing. Coffee's and if you put up with me, it's, hey, do you want to go get beer? Let's go hang out. I don't All know right. who the fuck you are, but I'm going to deal with it. So Oscar's so second... I'm going to be in the middle now. Yeah. The so Oscar's final question is, uh, how angry are you that Turn A is going to be ruined by a Western release? We should uh, show Sunrise by pirating it. Hashtag logical. Can I say I'm excited because it means oh, I no. finally watch all of yeah. it? Turn A is the best news of the year. Yeah, no, we're all fucking stoked about this. Because I liked what I watched. I watched half, half of it. 
Scott um, is finally forgiven after all these years. It's been like four years yeah. of you yelling at me for ruining turn A for everyone yep. by not buying terrible Gundam shows. I'm so excited. Lon's my favorite Gundam protagonist well, ever. Lowran's a neat character. Turn A is an interesting take on I'm everything kind of, Gundam. I'm kind of I love Harry. Love I love Kiel. Yeah. I love Deanna. I love Soshi. I love... Well, I won't go so far as to say I love oh. Soshi. Okay, Soshi I appreciate as for her role with those other characters. And Gavin Gooney. God damn that guy. Yep. He's my hero. Can I say that I love that Lauren willingly cross-dresses? Yep. Yeah. I think that is amazing. Didn't we get to Gavin Gooney? I no, don't we think didn't. we did. Okay. Hell, I like Jim. Oh, God, yeah. Ganganum's fucking crazy. Oh, oh God. Well, I like Moonlight Butterfly because it's ridiculous. That thing is OP as fuck. I love it. I love playing it in the Gundam, the Dynasty Warriors game. I am always Loren. Yeah. Always is the only character. The turn in that series is fucking dangerous. I also uh, just love the fact that it has a really ugly handlebar mustache. Like, I like all the of The stash? It's beautiful. The stash grows on you. Oh, I love okay. it. I just, like, I at like first it. you look and you're just kind of like, that What is the fuck? <laughs> well, here's the thing. You look at, you, here's the, the, the first thing you see in turn A is the opening. Yeah. And all it is is the, the turn A Gundam running around. Yeah. And you're like, man, turn that is. Turn Yeah, that's no. it. And then the music is weird, the Gundam is weird, and all you can go is, man, this show is weird. Yeah, what the fuck am I about to watch? In other and words, then... and I was on board already just from the turn A turn. Scott looked at me, he's like, are you kidding me? I'm like, this is amazing because we haven't even watched the episode yet. What is this? Is this Days of Our Lives in Gundam form? And kind then, of. And then you watch the show. It is very much and a soap you opera. See, and you see the turn A in an environment where it's like everything is kind of weird. Like you have you have 1912 era tech. You have Model T's. You have people dancing in worship for the white doll. You have this weird sort of you, you get this weird sort of cult, cargo cult vibe yeah. from the people in the mining town, and you just, it all soaks in, and it all kind of fits together in a way that almost works. And then you encounter a Borjarnin. Yeah. And, and, and that first Borjarnin, and all of a sudden all the wheels come off again. Yeah, and that's it, is you, you get the Borjarnins, you get... Um, just a lot of... You just... get the Kapool, even. Yeah. Like, oh. The Kapool Well, you're is... like, I know what these are. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? Like, you're sitting there watching the show, and you're like, okay, you have these... Almost... Like, it's almost War of the Worlds. Yeah. It's a beautiful with mishmash. This... Yeah. With, um, and then the turn A runs in and interrupts the War of the Worlds. And then you get the Kapool, and you're like, wait, I watched Doubles... What the hell? Why and then, is that there? What the hell? And then you get the Borjanin, and I'm like, wait, What? A a 50th anniversary reissue of the Zaku for the hobby market? That's a Zaku 2, that's a Zaku 1. Yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? And then as you actually start to get into the depth of the plot, you realize it's far greater than you thought. I I just appreciate all the crazy. Well, at the same time, you also have, um... Fuck, what's his name? The asshole who survived Wayne. Yeah. Who I fucking love. Uh, he was—he was the crazy guy. He was shouting. Had a weird arrow on his crotch. He's got a club. Oh my god! I don't remember. Someone in the comments is yelling at us. Probably, we but we've had a lot to drink. Here's the thing: we're all kind of drunk now. I'm not, but okay. You two are. We're kind of drunk, and Sam hasn't watched it in two years, three years. Well, I just haven't really watched a lot of it in general. Well, you—you you got—you saw that character. I did see that character, and I'm just kind of sitting here going, "Who the fuck is this?" 
I'm actually pretty good with names usually too. Well, when I'm not going, who the fuck is that? Oh, that's so and so. I'm better than my mom is. Yeah, oh god, she needs fu- Game of Thrones is coming back, I'm making the flashcards. <laughs> we promised her flashcards, it will happen. But yeah, just having him come back and flash back to AC-195. Also, without, with ignoring this vanilla coffee porter that I'm not going to try because I'm going to have to go to bed soon. Well, you're going to taste it because it's good. Fine. So I guess we can't do the ranking yet. Well, not quite. The ranking, anyways. Oh, Corinander. Thank, thank you. Corinander. That's a stupid name. I forgot. Yeah, well, they all but have dumb names. Corin's all fucking burnt out as well. Like, Corin's a mess. Corin is a flashback to the wing. This guy was a Leo pilot. Like, he survived as a Leo pilot. So this is... I brought in a ringer. Because we've been so disappointed. Because the two because of these... these three are disappointing. Yeah. Because a couple of these were kind of disappointing. So I'm going to bring in one more. And this is Sleeping Giant Brewery That's out of Thunder Bay. Honey. Oh, this is me. Sorry. And this is a coffee vanilla porter. I didn't have to get up so good early. Of course I would sit here and drink forever. But I yeah. have to get up at like 6 o'clock. So this is our ringer. And it's a great dessert, honestly. Oh, that... Before I sip into it. That one is... God, I can't smell at this point. <laughs> I can, and this one's actually pretty harsh. And not in a bad way, but you get an overpoweringness of vanilla. Well, here's the thing. Seriously. Vanilla and Porter kicks. Else. Here's the thing. Porter kicks ass. Coffee kicks ass. Yeah, I'm getting a bit of the coffee when I try really yeah. hard. It's there. It's... I'm getting the coffee. Yeah. I think it's just I'm at the point now where I'm dehydrated from the day. Yeah. So... We had a very fun day. Oh, yeah, it was a great day, but I really should not consume anywhere near as much um, caffeine and other things. Let's go smoky flavor. Okay, that's fine. That's what I like um, in a porter and a coffee. Yeah. very smoky, very bitter. Um, you can definitely taste the vanilla. You can definitely taste the coffee. Um, aftertaste is good, too. Not too strong. Um, it, it doesn't finish hard. Okay, so here's the thing. So, uh, porters are... Really, th th this is a beer that will knock you down in terms of mm. flavor. In terms of flavor. Mm. God damn, that's got taste. Nice. Like, it, it will knock you down in terms of flavor, and that's not always a bad thing. Like, if you're walking into a porter and they do it right, you Ooh. you get that. And it also tends like it tends to taste of espresso anyhow. So yeah. adding coffee just emphasizes that. But putting this vanilla gives it a fine, smooth. Very subtle finish. Well, the usual complaint I have about coffee porters... Yeah. And fuck, you can actually tell the coffee's hitting me a little quicker than it probably should, given that I'm now talking faster. Yeah. But the usual complaint I have about coffee porters, they usually taste a bit of burnt grinds yeah. at the end. Like, it always... You don't taste that. No, burnt. not even a little bit. The vanilla is taking that away. That is beautiful. That is delicious. And getting back to a conversation we're having, this is, this is Sleeping Giant looking at, say what? Looking at Mill Street and saying, hey... You know what, guys? Oh, I would put this above theirs. Well, here's the thing. Um, Mill Street also makes a vanilla porter yeah. for half of the year. It should be on shelves now. Keep an eye out. They 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 switch their canning process from lemon tea wheat to which is a summer vanilla porter for half the year. And the vanilla the vanilla tends to be my favorite over the coffee because it doesn't come with that burnt grounds taste. And th this is this brewmaster looking at. Both Mill Street and say what and saying, "Hey guys, have you thought better. about this?" Yeah, that's nice. That's that's very full body. This is a dessert drink. 
This, this, this is, is something I would want with a piece of cake. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, this is not a pie beer. This, this is very cake. much is a cake beer. This would go with coffee cake. You have a coffee cake, even a nice cheesecake. Yeah. Even, um, uh, like a chocolate cheesecake is what I want right now. Something with a nice um, bit of sugar to it to kind of offset the bitterness. Something like, with a bit of sugar to offset the bitterness, not enough to overpower it or anything. Yeah. It's like, you know, I look at the 100th Meridian, and that's something where I would say maybe I would want, like, a pie or a tart. Well, that that's I something... I would have the 100th Meridian with pasta. Pasta, yeah, with, pasta like, with salad, even? Yeah. Like, if I was having a light a meal... Well, I'm just saying, if, if you were Like, a though, light meal, I yeah, want a 100th Meridian. If you were to Meridian. compare some of these, though, with a dessert, I would say something like a tart would probably be okay with that. Yeah. But depending on the kind even, of tart, even like I would think it would have to be closer to, a, like, a meat tart. Like, yeah, fruit I wouldn't or even custard, like, even. I wouldn't want to use a butter tart with it. No, 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 no. A butter tart? No. You're looking at the resurrection. That yeah. actually probably is the best choice for a butter tart. I was actually still really impressed by that. Like, yeah. that... I still think of, of what we have, my ranking just in terms of the top three, I would say the resurrection wins hands down. I think it's the best of the bunch that we had. I'm going to go with Rogue second only because I really like that it had that weird champagne quality to it. Yeah. Um, It was very light, really bubbly. I love this vanilla porter. I think it's really, really lovely. Um, and if I didn't have to get up stupid early, I you'd would finish the I bottle would, for me. I would drink that one uh, easy, just because it's it's got a very rich taste to it, and it's not the kind of richness that makes you feel like oh my god, like it's heavy. It, it's surprisingly yeah, no, there's light no going weight down. To it. Um, this is why three offenders down here. I have problems with this. Creamore one still tastes like piss water. This one has no flavor at all. Yeah. Which is, yeah, the Bose All Natural. The Enigma is not horrible. It felt too heavy for me. And I don't really like my beer to be heavy in, in flavor. Um, I like flavor. Yeah. But I don't like it in such a way where it just, it feels like Guinness going down where it's just, it feels like bread. Yeah. I don't want that. Um, which is generally why I avoid stouts for the most part. I like them, but it's not, it's not something I can have all the time. It'd make me feel pretty ill. Um, and I mostly drink either wheats or breads, so that's my beer taste. In preference. And none of these fit any of my preferences, really, so yeah. it's nice to try something different. Well, I mean... I'm sorry, though, but none of these beat the black cherry beer we had last year. Oh, God, yeah. Well, we had a black cherry beer from... Here's... What? From? Last year... I think this is probably the weakest year for our beer tastings, considering... God damn that 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 Scottish ale we had. We had this delicious Scottish ale. There was the black cherry beer, which was just oh, amazing. Oh, that blackberry porter. It was a blackberry um, porter, and it had just a hint of like a black cherry. I can't remember what it was, but it was delicious. And I actually remember I stole a bottle for that one last yeah, year and you, ran you, off with you it. You ran that away. One I actually really liked. Like I bought two or three of those later, and Sam ran away with one of them. <laughs> Like I'm... I went to the same like the same LCBO to find more of the Blackberry Porter, and Sam just was like, "Oh, did you find more of that? Yes, I'm taking these." <laughs> but, but 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 why? But I was gonna drink one of those. We okay. ended up sharing them. It was fine. I can't drink a lot of these bottles. I mean, well, here's the thing. Six. See, these are the twelve out. Well, yeah. We're we're doing the six hundred. These are big bottles this year, with the exception of the hundred Meridian. That's like the baby bottle. It's yeah. only three forty. It's the normal bottle. It's a standard drink. Uh, most of these are 12s, though, and I, I know me personally, I can't drink a 12 myself. Um, so, there's some good stuff here. Um, I definitely would recommend avoiding the Oktoberfest from Creamore Springs. It tastes like balls. Yeah. Uh, I would definitely also recommend avoiding the Bose All Natural. The Enigma, 
I'm not going to say avoid it entirely. It really does depend. I've on had it. better black loggers. That's what problem. I mean. It's a case of... And this, I mean, if you can... this guy, right? Yeah. Yeah, I haven't even finished mine, just by example. I haven't as much well, as... here's the thing. Um, I wouldn't say it's horrendous. If we ever end up at the Indie Ale House, which might take us a while, because that's kind of a pain to get to. They do a they beer... They do a black ale. Well, nice. they do a beer called the Dark Wheat Rises. It's really And that is... Subtle. That is subtle. <laughs> Well, no, but here's the thing. Who the fuck else is going to dark roast wheat to make beer? They figured it out. So that Given was... that most of the time you're just going to burn the wheat? Yeah. Yeah. But, um, so that was Yeah, that was... That, so they do something a lot better. I mean, I've had other dark, dark lagers and blacks, and this is, uh, you know what? I'm just thinking about, you know, the black... The squid ink IPA I had last year. It, it reminds me of better beers. Is the problem okay? So in terms of ranking for you both, where where do you sit? What are the top three and what are the losers? Okay, top I three. I gave you mine, so. Jim. Yeah. I think that's the best way to put it. So he switched it to resurrection. The you resurrection's know, delicious. It is. I think it easily yeah, like, wins hands down. It, it's outstanding as a beer. It was a delight to have. I can drink that with damn near anything, yeah. and I'm going to enjoy it. That vanilla porter makes you want cake, though. The, the coffee oh, it's, vanilla porter. It's a delicious beer. The coffee well, vanilla porter beer. is like, you know, where, where's my cake? Where's my? But that's these are a meal. Yeah, that that's yeah. a meal. But at the same time, I want a side of ice cream with it. Yeah. Yeah. The like I said, I I do love the rogue. I am in favor of the rogue, if just for the fact that it's just got such it's an, an interesting airiness. flavor. It's well, an airiness to it. That, that is, I will say, that is the see, best meat I have had I think, ever. See. You know, you're talking about the 100th Meridian being the pasta beer. This is actually the one I would have with pasta. See, but being Italian... That's the first one I would grab just to have on its own. Like, if yeah. I... Like, if it was well, this a, is definitely a smooth drink on its own. Like, mm. if this was... It was a warm afternoon, and I pulled it from the fridge like I was supposed to instead of that, uh, the uninsulated corner of the basement we maintain. Yeah. It's a good one. It's pretty nice. Yeah, it's a nice drink on its own. And that's kind of it. Like, these three specifically, the Resurrection is dinner, the Coffee Vanilla is dessert, the Rogue Farm is the after. Yeah. Like, this, this can, is like this the is layer. A yeah. Is it? And nothing against the 100th Meridian. It's a great oh. beer, too, actually. That's why it's well, I'm kind glad, of separated. Well, from... here's the thing. 100th Meridian kind of blew up. It came in as something uh, they brought in for summer at the Toronto Brew Pub. And it caught on big. So they um, almost immediately bounced it for year-round production. Yeah. And I could see this being something I go to, even just to make bread. Like, I do a beer batter pre cheese bread. And I love it. It's really good. Um, he wins all the husband points when he makes up. And that is something I could sit down and... and is that what you made the beer bread with this time around? No, no, I did it with the organic. Which always works. Like this, I could see myself using that to beer batter things. I could serve it with pasta, serve it with fish. Like this is something I I'm I'm glad it's a year round because this is something I could have five or six floating around just to have. Just to have for cooking purposes. For know. cooking, for with food, even just like hey, there's it, people over. Let's have a beer. It, it's a it's a nice day. Let's crack open a few of these. And I'm glad to see you around. I'm. It's a great addition to their repertoire. Well, and you know what? It it really is the perfect sit outside and read a book beer. 
Like, that is something I would definitely grab in the like, summer it, if it, I was sitting outside and just reading a book. Like, that is... Hundredth Meridian, the, the lemon tea beer, which is just usually the go-to item. Well, Hundredth Meridian is everything I want from the lagers. It, it is just, it is just a, it, it's, it's easy to drink, but that doesn't mean it's simple. Like it, There's a lot of complexity that, in that. There, like, it's just complex enough to engage without being, without punching you in the face with anything. Enigma, Enigma reminds me of better examples of the dark style, of dark styles. I, yeah. And then the, the Night Marzen is a disappointment, and the Oktoberfest is just, I think, the last nail in the coffin of Creamore. I don't think I'm going to buy anything from them for a while, because... Well, until they at least produce something that actually well, is interesting. Well, here's the thing. They produce two things. The the Imperial Pale Lager and the, uh, the Citrus Saison, both of which are trying so hard to be indie. Like, you can tell this is someone at Molson Marketing being like, you're our craft arm. Do something like all the other craft beers are, so it has this edgy labeling that Creamor doesn't do. It has this Creamor's weird... not really known for it. And it it's it, kind it, of it embarrassing, try... but they try. Like it it's like you are trying too hard, Creamor. Bring back the old recipe for Keller beer and we'll talk. But I'm not gonna buy anything from you for a while now. Maybe my... that alt beer, but that alt beer I'm crediting to the Dusseldorf Brewmaster. They you. gave you that recipe in trust for your 25th anniversary, and now it's the only thing you have going for you. Yeah. And it's because you sold out, you motherfuckers. I'm just gonna say, I mean, I've always been a Mill Street girl. I blame you for that. Well, so, for me, Mill Street products are just kind of the thing that's in I, the and house. I don't know if that's a story I should tell, but Tank House... Oh, my baby. That goes with everything. Yeah. That, that is, is that is a beer you can drink with is, so many different kinds of food. That is my standard beer. Yeah. That is the beer that and you know I'm, what? You can it, put it in front of Sam, me and have I, I will told drink you? the whole thing. Have I told you? What? Cans. Yes! Tall boys. For tank house. For tank house. Cool. Tank house is just you know what? Even with all these, yes, these are great, whatever, I would still rather have tank house, and that's only just because again, that is like, just my little house. Like tank house is my, my safety. And here's and and this is it. I was working for Mill Street and I went to Scarborough Rib Fest to pour beer, and I sat down and I stared the owner in the face and I was like, We are at a barbecue party. We are at a long weekend barbecue party. Why no tall boys? And we didn't bring tank house. Yeah. And he was like yeah, no, it would be perfect, but... And he just let me work for the weekend. And do you know what I found out over the weekend? Over four days... Over a three-day weekend, I should say. Do you want to guess how many people out of 40,000 asked me for a tank house? None. I'm going to say 25. Sam? None. 50. Oh, this is still a low number. So, 20,000... I poured 20,000 beers. 50 people asked me for a tank house, and those 50 people... We're right because if you're gonna have barbecued ribs, tank house is actually the tank house beer. is the pick. And you know what? When and I had to sit there and I openly, I had to, and I and I just told those fifty people sorry. I openly mocked a thousand others for what they wanted. Yeah, and then pour them a stock I'm sorry, ale but when you go, or an organic. When you go to a rib fest, you want something like tank house. I no. truthfully, well, guess what? If I cook ribs. 
I'm marinating them in tank house. I truthfully would not. Like, I don't hate the organic. I think the organic is an equally good standby. It's a good beach beer. It's a good beach yeah. beer. It's good, again, outside reading a book beer. Yep. Um, I have, like I said, a small number of those. I hate the stock ale. That is the one that whenever I get it in the package, it's like, Scott, that's yours. That, I don't want that. Well, the, the package. impress me. The stock is the one I'm like, I could probably make bread out of this. this is, I could that's probably the one make that, you a know barbecue what? sauce out it of it. It is fantastic to cook with, and I've seen you do amazing well, things here's with the thing. it. The thing about sock is, do you sock. know the story about this? The, do you know the story of sock? No. Uh, well, stock started from the premise of, what if Molson Export didn't suck? <laughs> And when you sit That's there, it's a hard and, premise to run. Well, here's the thing: when you when you sort of sit there and say, "Oh, when you when you if you taste an export and it's stock in relatively quick succession, you understand it." But at the same time, it's like garbage in, garbage out, boys. Yes. You didn't have to do Molson X better because no one wanted more a better Molson X. Not yeah. just that. Um, the other one I'm not fond of is the Wit. That is the other one I don't generally like. Ah. Um, again, that's another one I say, here, honey, it's yours. <laughs> it's all yours. Enjoy it. Um, but yeah, like, I'm sorry, like, I'd still rather have a tank house over most of these, but that resurrection, I, I give it the winner this year. Um, I think we can all agree it was the best, most full body, most flavorful. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the winner. And I'm not saying it because I do love you, Rogue. I'm very sorry, Rogue. Normally I love you so much. Because well, it's true, I am also a Rogue fan girl, too. Rogue doesn't count. L the LCBO doesn't buy Rogue enough anymore. With my sleeping meds. Okay. But yeah, no, that was nifty, and I'm glad they're trying meads, and I think this is a better mead than I've had in a long time. Yay, Rogue! Well, really, our top four are pretty nice. Are fair beers. Yeah. Like, in just about any category, these are stuff I would try with other things, these are stuff I would try on their own, these are good beers. The Enigma, I'll at least give it credit. It's semi-drinkable. I haven't finished mine, but that's yeah. kind of because I'm running low. But the Bows and the Oktoberfest? Oh, garbage. Fuck. No, they're swill. Like, I wouldn't... I wouldn't... Under normal circumstances, there, I wouldn't give alcohol to an animal. But I wouldn't give this to well, an animal. Here's Just the thing. I will point out that there are about... Like, I wouldn't feed these to pigs. In each of these bottles, there are maybe... Let's let's call it six to eight ounces of each beer left in these two bottles. We aren't going... Jim and I are not going to drink these over the course of the evening after we turn off this microphone. No, not a chance. The, the 100th Meridian is already gone. Yup. That easy. rogue is going to go. The Rogan beer is going to go. These two I'm going to have to pour out or turn into vinegar. I dare say pouring them out might actually be the better answer because I yeah. don't really know what the vinegar that would come out of them. Like would I don't taste think like. these are going to be a good malt vinegar no. either. To be honest, can I also just say this was a bad choice to make as a, a six hundred. Oh God! Because oh. you know what, this is this is something. I'm sorry, you could go. I mean, Molson's better than this one. Yeah, that's like drinking pissy Molson or gross ass Budweiser. Blue has Blue a tastes nicer better. taste. Blue tastes better. Like, blue is generic stock. This is the part that blows my mind about the Cream or Oktoberfest. It's generic it's, as fuck. But that's it. It's like, there are generic beers that I can buy at zero point in the year. Like, I can go out at any time and I buy I could these. walk to the beer store on the corner and buy goddamn Laker so, Lager yep. at oh a God. dollar a bottle. Or Lucky. No. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Lucky's terrible. Laker is surprisingly good for a dollar. But, and then, but liquor, I would take over that. Yeah. So let's 
okay? Just to nail the coffin in both of these. If you were stuck on a desert island, and these were the only two choices, which is the one you would drink? Salt water. <laughs> if you had to choose between these two, I'm assuming Salt it's water. Good. Yeah. Probably the Bose, though, right? Because let's be I, Yeah, the Bose is better than the Oktoberfest, but, but that's... not by much. But at that's the same time, much. I would also... The Bose, if you if I had infinite bows on a desert island, I'd be using it to stew fish. Yeah. And not even drink. Yep. Yeah. In any case, so that's our Oktoberfest episode. I mean, go out and try some of these beers if you can find them. Yep. I'm sorry if you're American, because... Well, here's the thing. The Americans can find Rogue. Well, yes, Most of the people in Ontario can get Resurrection. Everyone in Canada, Canada can get 100th Meridian now. Yeah. And if... And here's hoping um, Thunder Bay's Sleeping Giant can do better, because I got a case of their stuff as part of a Beer of the Month program. Yes, he's a part of Beer of the Month Club. And this is... Sleeping Giant has been the most impressive thing I've gotten from them. And I hope they they can expand and do better. So that's our episode for the week. See hope you next time. Bye. Have a good night, folks. Uh, I thought they smelled bad. On the outside. I Thought They Smelled Bad on the Outside is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike International 3.0 license. Visit sbopodcast.com for more shows, contact information, and show notes. Thank you.